Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 18th of October 2020. And I hope you're all hanging in there as we go through, well we're actually down the throat, not just in the mouth of madness, but down the throat of it too. And we're somewhere we down low, we wouldn't try to, we'd rather not be obviously. But mind you, you may get expelled on the other end and then you have freedom again. Because we're going through incredible times, pre-planned agendas. It took years and years to plan all this, you know. And it's interesting even to come across writers who are catching on now, who, who weren't in this part of the game, you might say. And now they've, they've caught on that this is a lot of, this was designed years ago, this whole agenda. Governments don't come out with unified agreements in... Um, in such detail for implementation, just like that. Governments take years to implement anything except taxing you. You know, they can always adjust your taxes and rob you, as they always have done. But but we're going through amazing, an amazing agenda. And it goes way back, way back, many, 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 many years. In fact, it came out rather op- more openly in the 1970s. I mentioned this before with the Club of Rome and the first global revolution, a book that came out with two. They're a big, big, massive think tank uh, that works on behalf of the true globalists and the United Nations as well. Uh, you've got to understand the world is not run by your politicians. It really isn't. You can, they can hire these politicians a dime a dozen because they're psychopaths. They have histories, not pleasant histories generally too. They're all blackmailable and they'll all do anything they're told to, to appease their masters and their paymasters ultimately. And uh, it's not the public that they serve. And that's the truth of it. That is the truth of it. When you, when you, and it's not just recent either. It's been on this, this way for an awful, awful long time. Uh, you know, you, you can't go through history without shaking your head until it's ready to fall off, you know, that must be COVID. But the thing is, you, you keep stumbling across these incredible admissions that are in records, governmental records, from different countries. That really, I mean, you, you, you understand, you're going through an, you, a whole lockdown of a whole planet, pretty well. Uh, all unified, as they say, lockstep from the, the, the for Rockefeller plan in 2010. They mentioned that term. And, but it was, it was much older than that. But you, you've seen it before. You don't realize you've seen these things before because you weren't alive then. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe some of you are lucky enough to, to be well over 100. But when you look at the, the huge agendas of change on the world and power plays, and treaties that, that bound countries together uh, to, so that they go to war collectively against other other potential enemies. They might have been their friends yesterday, but they might have discovered gold on their land or something, so, they, they, so, the, so the allied nations would go and invade them to make sure they didn't squander the gold, you know, inappropriately. And, and that's the kind of things that history is really made up of, you know. Uh, the history of England is interesting, like most countries, it's interesting. When you when you look at the the, the machinations that went on in history, they call it the Dark Ages at one point, a, a, a bad name indeed. But uh, what they try to say is that not much happened for a long time. Well, lots of things happened for over many, many centuries in England and Britain. It wasn't dark at all, you know. 
but the you find that the monasteries at one point had a big, big say across the whole of Europe. And they brought some kind of order in because people were pretty barbaric at times and they didn't have a unified core of ethics and anything. Uh, never mind, thou shalt not. But you, you had definitely a, a kind of beginnings of, of a commercial structure. Again, using money, I'm not all for that either, mind you. But that's the technique that came in with really the Normans big time. It was more so that this use of money and taxation came along with it. And um, and there was always feuding that went on between the nobility and the religious orders. The religious orders did stand up for the people, you know. That, that Believe it or not, actually did. And that was it became a nuisance at times for the for nobility and kings. So you, you never had a perfect peace on the planet. A big story to that, too, that's a completely different thing. It's, it's a spiritual story. And I've mentioned it before, and I won't go into it in too much detail, but the fact is, you're, this is the middle plane, as they used to call it. The earth, you see, the earth. And above you, you have spirit, but which also combines on the earth. And then you have matter itself, which is the world of matter. And the two are always in conflict, you see. It's the same with you as a person. You're composed of two different elements. Maybe most of you, I, mean, I don't know about all of you, but the fact is you always have this thing inside you. That, you know, there's something bigger than just all this. And you hope there is, because you look around you. Look around you, eh? And all you get dished out by the system are, are professors and doctors of this and doctors of that uh, to guide you, etc., and as time goes on, there's more tax money to train more of these professors and doctors of all kinds and, and put up their commercial system of universities that serves an elite that, that, that is well established over many centuries. Then are you, are you really surprised about the mess you're in? Because every mess that's created by their sciences, uh, you are the product too. You make money if, to, for the solutions to the problem that they claim is there. And, and they make money off of you like a giant herd, eh? And that's how they talk about you, for goodness sake, you know. And that's the world of, of money and matter, you see. And even the, wor- the word mother is partly derives from the same root. Motor mother is, is matter. You're born from matter in, in a sense. So that's always your battle. In, in the world of pure matter, survival... Uh, of the fittest, as, as the Darwinians like to call it, has always been paramount, even before Darwin came along, to reiterate the same phrase. <laughs> uh, because the nobility always talked about blue bloods and the rest of you, and there were villains and vermin, etc. And peasants. You were slaves. You know, serf is just a, another word for a slave, a form of slavery. And the world of matter, you're trained in the world of matter, more so through the 20th century uh, and really speeding up to the 21st century where now of they teach you to worship those with the most the most coinage, you might say. And that's all you'll see about celebrities, you know, of all kinds. They have a, a massive machine uh, that creates stars from, from musicians uh, to whatever actor, actresses, uh, and also stars of science now. They, they give you these front people and say, oh, these, these are geniuses, like Carl Sagan thing that was meant to influence a lot of folks' minds. 
and they present them and really produce their shows for them and they make them stars and you'll follow the stars and so their opinions become yours because you're just a silly little surf and they're obviously a genius according to all the newspapers. You, you never catch on. You, you really never catch on. Most folk never catch on to this system that they're living in. And it's sad. That's terribly, terribly sad. They, they want. There's a, a truism that, that a lot of people want to grovel towards what they think are their betters. And they'll make themselves subservient to them. I've mentioned it before with a, a book that was put out on the Rockefellers as an example. And uh, it's an interesting book, it's factual, and the history of the family and how the old band, Rockefeller, uh, they don't go in too deeply about all the scams that they did to get their money because they were monopolists. The system you live under in the Rockefeller family is one part of a collection of families are monopoly. They don't believe in sharing wealth. They don't believe either that you should have too much of it. They want to control the means of survival for everybody on the planet. That's food, all energy systems, and food is, it comes into energy, of course, and transportation, everything has to be under their domain. That hasn't changed. It's the same group, by the way, this massive monopoly of certain families uh, that run what's called this new world order. You know, The plan has never changed, and I've talked about the British side of it with the Lord Alfred Milner group, that really helped set up uh, the later part of the, the latter part of the British Empire. And they ran it, and their members ran it. And they talked about creating wars to advance their agenda. And of course, they, had, they already had, once they, went, they had wars going, they sent their own members in to take over the resources of the countries which they vanquished. And again, that they had... Uh, they had their false flag systems. They, they, they literally <laughs> created the Boer War and blamed the Boers for it. It was also a setup, the Jameson raid. And um, it's explained by Carl Quigley, who did a lot of the, he got access to the historical records of the CFR Royal Institute for International Affairs. That, that, that there was a next stage of the Milner Group and the kindergarten. However, it hasn't changed. They don't believe, like old Rockefeller believed uh, that competition was a sin. And so he was literally annihilating everybody else that was trying to get into the energy business of oil and gas and e even um, kerosene, for instance. Everything that you needed for light or heat and so on, he was taken over. And it, it, it's a religious, he really meant it. That competition is a sin. You understand of a certain particular religion these characters, eh? And they're put on the planet to, to dominate everybody else that doesn't have the common sense to, uh, to, to wisen up and see for what it all is. You, you really don't have much of a chance under this system. And what you're living through today is the next part of the agenda. They've been hammering you for years. When they, they, they hit upon the climate scam, remember, I've gone through these talks. I noticed that there's a, a Dr. Coleman, he's, he's one of the guys who's, who in the last few years have, or recently has caught up to, to the old uh, talks that I and others have done years and years ago on this agenda. And yeah, I think he's using some of it too for me from archives. But, but he's seeing some of it. It took years and years to set up, as I say. Where you're, but it's not just just this part of a system. As I'm seeing, this is a continuation of a long-term agenda. 
But he did talk about um, the talks I gave years ago on the Club of Rome and what they said, what they were tasked to do as a think tank, a massive think tank. Now, don't forget who the members of the Club of Rome are. It's the same members that, that, that gave you the population bomb. Paul Ehrlich and so on. His wife was also a founding member on, on the board of the Club of Rome. It's a small world when you get down to it. You see who, who manages so many different uh, think tanks and aspects of the same big agenda. But they also had the coming ice age years ago before that too. Then, then the global warming scam. It's, it's all a continuation of how you terrify the public to give up your rights. And that's what the Club of Rome said they were tasked with. They find something some excuse so that where the, the folk would see, see, see it as almost reasonable to give up all their rights to be guided by the elite into basically, um, which is really a depopulation agenda and now under the guise of sustainability. Because they said that man was, would be the enemy and that would fit the bill of plagues, famines and droughts and so on. Meaning man-made, anthropogenic, right? Uh, that would fit the bill, and so man would be the enemy. And that's what you've been hammered with for years and years from all. And this the conglomeration, this conglomerate media associations that own all the different information, they're all on board with the same agenda, hammering you for years and years and years. It's all your fault, yada, yada, yada. And they couldn't get us to just to stop eating and stop purchasing things. And so, bing, bang, you, you get the COVID. So that was plan, obviously plan B that was set up years and years ago to fulfill the big task of bringing in sustainability and austerity, you see, austerity. And when you're in to the global reset and the fourth global revolution, it's spelled out for you in black and white what I'm talking about for sustainability and you've got to go into into less consuming. And and eventually, of course, they want to, as I've said for years, eliminate um, high-protein diets like like any kind of meat eventually for the general masses, not for the elite. And so you're you're, you're living through a huge agenda, remembering, too, that uh, there's a generation out, a lot of them in the streets, actually, who are so skinny, but they, they literally are their, their activists for Extinction Rebellion, being trained through their college, even from, even from their early schooling, to, to be radicals for this, you see. They don't know that. They don't know they were trained deliberately with, with their minds poisoned, so they can never, we don't debate ever with them on anything because they're indoctrinated. You, this is what you get when you get indoctrinated children. They become indoctrinated adults. And they become terribly dangerous because they can become homicidal. And that's what you use for revolutions. And all revolutions, as far as I'm concerned, are run by the same select group at the top across the world. Now, I said, too, that you couldn't have the, the sudden the BLM protests at the same time with Antifa going around threatening folk. Uh, in the streets, and no one's no one's coming to to the rescue of the ordinary citizenry at all. You got mayors calling them off. They're well paid and funded, and they're put in their place by the same characters. They're bringing you the world austerity that you're going into, and the world lockdowns. By the way, a small group runs the world, really. And the answer is not just to, just to keep fighting the facts, because facts don't matter. 
I, I gave these talk. I gave the new normal talks back in the nineties. They would give you new normals. Everybody's picked up on that one, and I explained to them that they always give you new normals. It was on a show. I was on. I came out with it. It was on international radio at the time, and I talked about new normals, how it had been used before, but that the term I used the term, and I and I wrote a poem about it as well. And that's how they do it. They give you new normals, which are new new realities, you see. And any reality becomes normal after a little while. And I was thinking about that. And I, I thought about all these folk there. Yeah, you've got all the paid protesters, the leaders, who, who get pension plans and the whole thing, by the way. Uh, but uh, for doing what they're doing, because they work for big foundations and intelligence agencies, their followers don't know. But you definitely do have a written-off generation. And again, we've been through the generations wise all the way to Z and so on, and written off in a post-working society. They're going to have to be given universal basic credits for a little while, mind you, a basic income for a little while, but not forever, because you're supposed to go down the tube and you're supposed to eventually, I'm not kidding you, this is like Logan's Run, but you're supposed to eventually start to, and you'll see it. You're going to see people volunteering within the next 15, 20 years to, to youngsters for euthanasia to save the world. But we've already had, I, I remember giving the talk many years ago, I said, you'll surely see, see youngsters coming out saying they like to be sterilized. I said, we've already had that happen. But now it's the next step. That, you'll, you'll see that happening, no doubt about it. Because you can indoctrinate uh, the youth uh, by incredible techniques today, you know, they're, they're so well understood, well perfected, the techniques of indoctrination, they can literally um, wrap their, your emotions around in like a spiral until you, you'll, 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 you'll be delighted to help the world and, and, and get your, your photographs, maybe even interviews the newspaper before you're sacrificed in some way or another. So everything that's happened has happened and, and eons gone by with sacrifices. King for a day. King for a day is awfully important, folks, because those who rule the world have much more inside of them than you'd imagine. You certainly wouldn't like what's in them uh, if you really understood it. It isn't just psychopathy. It's the symptoms of psychopathy. I've mentioned this before. I've also mentioned that if you go into psychopathy and you line up the signs and symptoms, you, could, you can also get the similar signs and symptoms of someone who's possessed it to a certain extent. There are different kinds of possession, you understand, and harassment. But when you get real possession, and when you, when you get perfect possession, they won't act out as, as though they're just going to scream and do crazy things and so on. That can happen too. But it can be very calm, in fact, and very powerful. Uh, but at the same time, they can they can stand back and help, um, not just plan wars, but order wars and slaughters across the world. And they'll validate what they're doing uh, in almost scientific terms of necessity, you see. They're very believable, and that's a technique of a psychopath, believability. Great manipulators. And often they're, they're likable too. It, it can be hard to hate a psychopath, even one who has uh, decided to have wars, which you'll do the fighting for and, and the dying for, and the folk on the other end of it will be dying too. 
but they're quite calm about so the Kissinger type jumps up to my mind and others of his ilk as well and the late Brzezinski too uh, they're definitely these characters are definitely there's something beyond just simple psychopathy there as far as I'm concerned that's my opinion but when you're close to some of these people you sense it, is it? You know, you'll sense something other, otherworldly <laughs> about them. Uh, it's uh, to me, it's physically tangible, and I can't even live in cities because of the neurotic energy that I sense in cities. You know, the only time I can get peace in a city is in the middle of the night when most folk are sleeping. Uh, you, you feel that it's more of a calmness that sets in a different brainwave or something. But me, I personally uh, can't live in a city because. And I won't live in a city because of the madness in it. Cities uh, really have a long history in no cults as to why they're there, in fact, and what they serve. Even the folk who, don't, who live in them often don't know it themselves. When you're caught in something like a whirlpool, you don't realize it at times until it's too late. And that's what cities are. They're magnets. They're... they're they're, again, neon lights that attract the moths, you know. You're the moth and you get attracted to the lights and for a while you'll be hypnotized by it. I think it's wonderful and so on until you realize now you're caught and trapped because your rent will be atrociously high and you've got to work at some awful job and maybe a few jobs to try and get the money to pay it and you can't even save up to get out of it eventually. So it's a big trap. And... Um, and I was thinking about that too. There's a, there's a whole other side of the occult too. The, the city idea it goes back thousands of years. And I mentioned this, this years ago too when I did the old talks um, about Cain. You know, Cain, again, a rebel. And what Cain symbolizes. A lot of the characters in the Bible symbolize not just people, but uh, they're, they're really. Um, Techniques, uh, states of being that will repeat itself over and over. But Cain, and you, you have Cain who literally was condemned for killing his brother. And you have this odd conversation in the Bible where God asks Cain, Where's your brother? And he says, Am I my brother's keeper? So much more to that little statement, too, of what it really signifies, because the system we're in is an evil system. I have no doubt about it. This, this system of the pure the material world <laughs> that you're sunk into um, and you're taught to worship the, the richest folk on the planet. They make them stars and celebrities and folk will grovel in front of them, just like as I mentioned before, Rockefeller, after he had the malicious turn on the strikers in their tents and machine gun them. Uh, families, this the, when the miners were striking, he had them. He got a bad name, and so he, he employed two early public relations experts that knew, by the way, Bernays, and they knew each other. One, one of them became Prime Minister of Canada, eventually that was his reward. And they, uh, they, they remade Rockefeller to be a, a benevolent character, who went round the miners to help. He went round the publicity campaigns, uh, some of the miners' houses, these shacks they lived in, and sympathized with them. And, and the author said, it's so sad to see 
the ordinary people who'd been abused and a lot of them killed <laughs> in the relatives and so on, uh, groveling, they kowtow, uh, like they doff the hat type thing, they feel humble in front of this powerful, wealthy guy. They already, that's the power of, of the personalities that they give to, to oversee the world. They're, they're, they're demons, these characters. That's what they are. There's no doubt about it. The public relations campaigns that they do can convince the people of anything. But people will, a lot of folk will kowtow. To their, they, they just look them in the eye, for goodness sake. You don't, you don't doff. It's like kneeling, all this kneeling stuff that you've been trying to train you to do. You don't kneel for any human being. It took us centuries to fight that. Centuries to get off our knees. And so slickly, you've been throughout the old guilt complex. It's got nothing to do with reality. That try to train you to on the you know don't get on your knees for any human being, huh? Uh, so folk have no idea of the psychological warfare that's played on them by teams and teams like panels of experts, huge think tanks dedicated to each part of this agenda. Not just the COVID idea with with the with the Sage Group in, in Britain and their psychop warriors that work with them, and that's all been published by the groups in the Sage. <laughs> they were taught, they were telling the, the media to intensify the fear and their stories, writing about to try to create exacerbate anxiety in the public so they'll comply with orders. Can you believe that? And you're going to do it all again, back on your knees. Okay, massa. No, no, okay. Folk have to redeem some dignity. At least some of them. Most won't. I gave these talks many, many years ago. That most folk literally will give up everything for security. Not just me, other people did. Bill Cooper did it too where they would, they would give up freedom for security. And a lot of folk, you said, would love socialism because you don't have to think about anything. No big decisions to make because they're all made for you. And that, of course, is what the New World Order, the whole world uh, for, for a, the global reset idea and the, and the fourth industrial revolution as a cradle-to-grave monitoring system. And you won't have a thought of your own pretty well. Maybe the most you'll have is what movie to watch. That's about it. Uh, but everything else will be made for you. Where you can go that day, uh, how, how to get there from your home to that place, will you be allowed to go out at all? Because you understand the COVID is not supposed to ever go away. And Bill Gates has already said, and other th- others to follow. What do you think he means by that? <laughs> this is your whole life under a form uh, and an excuse by medical tyranny. That's a tyranny. It's a beautiful tyranny, really, isn't it? Anything else, the, the guns in the streets and the black uniforms and, and the, the, the jack boots of Orwell's 1984, uh, they don't even need that totally at the, at the moment because they've already got most of the folk complying. They just bring out people with white coats on. What a cheap way to do it, eh? At least it costs more money for the uniforms and the black outfits and the armor. But people with cheap white uniform, white coats on are going to tell you what you must do and how you must live, huh? And then they've got the, the the psych experts too, and how to cope with it. And even them, they'll, they'll give them white. What's a white coat got to do with your brain? <laughs> Unless they're opening it up, me. Eh? 
But, uh, but this is the nonsense we're going through. Medical tyranny is, is really pretty beautiful. And again, I've said before, it follows right along the agenda of Britton Russell when he talks about if there's to be a tyranny, which he wanted. He wanted to eradicate the old system where folk could decide for themselves what they want to do, what they want to work at, etc. He belonged to the same groups that H.G. Wells belonged to. They said there's too many folk complaining, you know, uh, trying to start small businesses up and do the same kind of work and compete. Well, that's what free enterprise really is about. But they don't believe in that, you see. So Baron Russell said, you know, he said, attorney is what we need. And if it's to, if it's to be attorney to make it all happen, he, he, would, he would much prefer it to be a scientific attorney. And so here you have it. Eh? You're all going to die. You're all going to die by something you can't see. Not only that, they can't see it either, the people who said you might have it. It's, it's all, like they give you nice pictures of things, drawings, you know. They're awfully good at drawings. <laughs> I can remember when they were getting the AIDS pandemic going, the big scare. And uh, many years ago, and they showed you ambulance workers stopping at road accidents and things or folk collapsing in the streets for other reasons or whatever, but mainly road accidents. And you see that the ambulance attendants back then who were getting in the, the same kind of propaganda you're getting now with COVID. Eh? They were terrified to go near the people lying on the ground in road accidents. And you'd see them almost crawling <laughs> along the ground towards the person who was knocked down with cars. And uh, they've they got, they got, they got their gloves on and all the rest of it. Because at that time... It was played up to be the most deadly disease ever, ever, uh, I was going to say invented, but, uh, or created, <laughs> ever, ever developed by nature. Eh? And it really terrified everybody. Eh? And you saw wards at one time, very quickly, of folk who were dying. I know the early victims were nothing like what you're seeing today. They, they, they were from diagnosis to death, it was generally about a year. And it was like all the symptoms you would get with cancers, that's what it was like. So quick and awful. So the, the many folks said it's a different thing that they had initially, you know. And there's all kinds of accusations. Well, they were giving us all these free uh, hepatitis shots and so on, uh, experimental, and that's what they, they claimed and, and to certain groups that came down with, with HIV. And that battle still goes on yet today, but most folk have accepted the, now the official version. But back then, the ambulance case, uh, drivers and helpers were terrified of it because they didn't know it was airborne. If someone, if, if the blood evaporated on the ground, you might breathe it in for goodness sake and get, you know, that's how, that's how terror works in the mind until, you, until you're basically almost um, immobilized from helping other people even if it's your job. We saw that with the COVID, with the old folks' homes in, in Montreal and different places. The, the, the staff fled eventually and left the patients. So that's what terror does. So it's, it's well understood how, by the medical authorities and those who run everything, uh, how effective it can be, uh, an unseen disease. And I don't think they've given us a drawing yet, though, of the COVID. Oh, they have. I've, now, all you see is like these, these old sea mines used to get. And I guess they still use them. Balls that would float in the sea. Uh, steel balls, basically, filled with it, packed with explosives. And they had spikes all over the place sticking out of them. And these, these spikes were detonators, really. They, they, they'd get driven in by the impact hitting the ship. 
and they would they would take nights and and boom up goes the that the mine and the explosive and the ship and that's really what I think they got the idea from the COVID from the same kind of idea. But they haven't, they haven't they, and all the, and they've given lots of the same pictures. It's always the same kind of picture that they've drawn about it. Haven't they? they haven't shown you a real thing, but they've shown the pictures that they've drawn about it, and, and they've all these theories of how it works and and so on. But with the HIV one, they literally said, "Oh, that, that top experts, sorry." And it says, "Oh yeah, it says we we really suspect that this this virus uh, has has the head of, of a bacterium." And the body of a virus, or maybe vice versa. But they showed you this picture. It was like something at a horror movie with eyes and everything. <laughs> and that's what terrified the public into compliance and into the so-called safe sex things and so on. Going on. Uh, but uh, that's what they do. They give you nice drawings. It's the same with uh, all the all the different uh, moon landings they showed you. I can remember watching one of them. And one one of the one part of the craft was left going round the moon, supposedly, uh, and the rest of them went down in a little capsule part of it, and then that would blast off a segment and go back up and reunite with a guy that was circling the moon, and then they join together and go back to the Earth and so on. That's how it was supposed to be. But so they explained all this. Never mind the flag waving in the wind, which shouldn't be there because there's no atmosphere in the moon. But facts don't matter when there's big agendas, and. But you, but you also saw uh, the, the the ship going in towards them after it separated. And I thought, well, if that guy's still in orbit in the moon there and, and part of the craft, who's following them down with the camera? Because you saw the falling right down, eh? And it was years and years later before they admitted it was a simulation. Well, why would you present it as real <laughs> if you're giving us drawings and simulations? <laughs> It's the greatest way to, to con the public, though. And, uh, well, you know, it's to make them... Make you what? You know, why not just say we can't follow it in because there's no one to follow it in? Why lie to the public? If, and it's, once you start lying, you've got to start questioning everything. And the same with the AIDS one, you know, half virus and half bacteria. And they gave you like half the page in one of the, the daily... Uh, tabloid papers in Britain. <laughs> so this, you opened the page and there's this big monster staring at you. This was, this was the AIDS thing, you know, this thing that's going to devour the world. And the World Health Organization had all, had all these statistics again even then, eh? I think it was before Neil Ferguson came out with his computer systems. And that. Maybe not, maybe it was on the go then too. But uh, they, they had it worked out the percentage of the folk who would get it by the year until literally... But half the planet, maybe three quarters of the planet, would, have, would get it and maybe even perish from it by year 2000, eh? But, uh, yeah, so there's nothing new under the sun. The techniques to terrify you are awfully good. So they studied that, and they did all these, for, for years and years, they kept putting out circular little studies, and would you fill this in, and are you terrified of her catching this or that, and what do you think about it, what's your opinion of it, or yada, 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 you know. So they can actually judge your stress level. It's much better now with computers. They get instant feedback from people all the time who are, who are quite happy to fill in and tick off boxes for every possible reason. Uh, they don't even know who it's from most of the time. They just do it. I guess they're trained already. So they, they get an idea of how well something's working in a terror campaign. But when you look, understand psychological warfare, you, you've got to understand that's how you really are ruled. That's how you've always been ruled. 
And you have got to understand, too, there's other things. <laughs> Forget the people in, in the streets who are, who are furious, and some of them are in India. But there's also a generation getting written off here because the factories were given off to China by the politicians and are bringing in the COVID lockdowns. It's the same groups and same descendants of the same families, by the way, that are still in charge of everything, like 40-year periods, 50-year periods. And and so they're going to give you a lockdown, and they've written off a generation, and they're going to give them a universal basic income. There's no mobility allowed anymore you know, for, for them. You're, once you're on that income, you're, that's you finished, you know. Certain minorities will get certain benefits or can claim the ladder or get priorities in universities and stuff like that. But for the rest, you're written off already. And so you can understand there's definitely more to this unhappiness than just uh, BLM or Antifa. And Antifa groups too, the, the fronts, as you well know, are, are the great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren of revolutionaries. So, but the rest of the folk who follow uh, are, are really discontented people, the, the, the ordinary folk, you know. And they're just full of rage and fury because they have been written off. And I, I was thinking about that too, this, this right-wing, left-wing nonsense that they give you in most countries. That's meant, it was always meant to stop revolutions because all sides are corrupt. And you vote, you're not voting in new people because you like them. It's because you're so sick of the last lot you voted for uh, that obviously proved their corruption. And that's why the folk, that's a great way to, to, to stop revolutions from happening every five years or so, just vote somebody else in. And, and yet for years now, and years and years and years, it's been like, they give them two terms, it's Britain and here and everywhere else. It's almost like it's a customary now. It saves them a lot of time and money to go through the, the predictable elections. And it doesn't really matter so much when they're putting the same folk in for two terms. It saves, it saves them retraining another coterie around them that work with them. It's much more efficient for them. Everything's about efficiency on, on behalf of those uh, that rule and own you. And they talk quite openly about owning you, all the big rich folk on the planet. That, again, are presented as somehow stars. They have the right to decide how you're going to live because they're rich, you see. That's it. I mean, do you think Bezos and all these characters, do you get a, ch- a chance to vote for them in anything? Hmm? Any of them? No. Of course you don't. So why are you accepting all this? Why are you accepting a United Nations that you can't vote for either? Your parents didn't, didn't get to vote for them, to get them in. Your grandparents didn't get to vote for the, for the United Nations or the League of Nations, you know. So don't even, why you can go along with something that's got not, no d- d- democracy for any kind involved in it? Huh? Why on earth would you go along with something like this? And forget this massive publicity campaigns and public relations and how one, as they tell you how wonderful it is and all the wonderful things that they're doing. And don't kid yourself. They've... <laughs> You can get the greatest tyrants in history nowadays that they've ever seen before in history, dressed up in suits and ties or women's business outfits and so on, uh, managing your lives at the United Nations. And they're, they're, they're evil, corrupt sods. I'm being awfully polite here, but terribly, terribly corrupt. And they know what they're doing. They know their whole job is to 
con the public of the whole planet into a global system of sustainability on behalf of those who really put their money in their pockets at the top. And in the WHO as well. I mean, a good chunk of the WHO is owned by Bill Gates. Small coterie, really, when we look around you. But again, back to the moon, you know. There, there's the moon, and, and that's what they pulled off then. And I, as, a, as a child, lots of the children saw that. You know, I said, well, goodness sake. They were supposed to jump like kangaroos in the moon. They could jump over each other because you'd be one-sixth of the weight, they said, on planet Earth. And they showed you a few, a few pounds that the suits weighed. They were maybe bulky, but they were awfully light. So you wouldn't get hampered with the suit. Well, uh, 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 no, these folk were not jumping high at all, you know. They said if you, you were, had a golf ball on the moon, it, it, it would just go sailing way out of sight, you know. Maybe miles miles away, maybe before it landed. That didn't happen either, you know. But facts don't matter. When there's big agendas, but look at this. Look at the the, the money and and the whole world sat in, you know sat up to to watch the moon landing. And the preparation for it, it took months and months. And, and I think in Britain they had um, uh, the the head of the of the observatory for the for the London for the Royal Observatory there too. And it was a Moore. I think his name was was it Patrick Moore. And uh, even he asked pertinent questions when eventually the, the Britons took a few years before they got to see the guys that went to the moon. And he asked some pertinent questions and they couldn't answer him either. Like, why was there any stars and things, you know? Just little things that... You know. <laughs> but anyway, this is what, you, what you're ruled with, eh? This is what you're ruled with. And uh, and at the same time too, as they're, as they're lauding this moon thing, they're teaching children to go under desks in schools, uh, so they'll get they'll, they'll they'll grow up in this this thought of fear. But their governments are taking care of them. If those bad guys want to blow you to smithereens, your guys are going to tax your parents big time to get better missiles to blow all them out of the planet and then you'd all go up and smoke but at least you had the satisfaction that the whole planet was gone you know that made a lot of sense but that's what they kept folk going with for years and generations grew up with that too and psychiatrists made a fortune and therapists you know come in and tell us your problems and all these folk would come in there and they even had little groups grief groups before anything happened in case they got blown up I was wondering what happened if we all got blown up tonight. I got I had the same thought, and they'd share their experiences. They don't, they don't pass information; they share things, you know. Very communistic, but that's the world that you're you're brought up in, and and you're and you're taught that this is normal. I mentioned before the movie called Threads in Britain, but a documentary came along with it where they interviewed uh, the guys that were in charge of the of not just the military but the police for the whole of Britain. And how, what they would do during, I said, oh yeah, we'll follow this to the letter, just like the movie, and shoot folk in the streets if you were out there looking for food. And this is after a nuclear war, if it ever happened, eh? And again, you're taught that that's normal. Are you getting the picture here? Government, in a sense, exists to supposedly stabilize into a system the chaos around that you'd have without government. And long, long ago, it lost any pretense of that when they went into overlords, you see. 
And once you have overlords, then the greatest way to, to do it, or not to bring peace and security inside the nation, is to, oh, look at this folk over there, they're going to slaughter you unless we're here to defend you and save you. And so off comes the tax money again, and, and you got a, a whole tiers of, of bureaucrats in uniform and outside of uniform, all working for military organizations and so on. And then have psychologists, because you could have the mind control guys and, and behaviorists and um, neuroscientists. And how can you, can you use them to keep the public being more efficiently uh, working towards you, uh, the, the system that you're designing and the changes you're bringing in too, how you, without falling apart. So they do their best to make sure they can manipulate the minds of the public without the public being aware that they're being brainwashed and, and manipulated. And we've had that our whole lives long, and so did your parents before you too, and grandparents. It's so amazing when you go in, as I say, to, to Bernays, this, this guy, they, they, they made him a star. You know, Edward, the nephew of Sigmund Freud, who supposedly used his uncle's techniques of understanding the, the, the subconscious, almost the unconscious, but subconscious drives, the things that drive you that you're not really aware of and all that, and harness them into advertising and techniques to make you happy. Remember what you're getting at wellness, you know, oh, how is your wellness today? Oh, I don't know. That all comes from the same techniques that Bernays, Bernays was into as well and Freud, etc., would replace real happiness or, or contentment. Contentment's a more realistic term to, that you should strive for. You'll never get fully content, but, but the thing is, contentment is better than being manically happy all the time and on pills. Because uh, they try to say that if you're not laughing and out playing and having lots of sex, then there's something wrong with you. And they've trained a whole generation, actually two generations, that that's, that was the normal, all from Freud's nonsense. Even though Freud said he was there to destroy the system and destroy society coming in on the boat from, to New York. Eh? Uh, and folk don't even know the story behind that. But anyway, and he, he really meant it, but Bernays, there's Bernays, the nephew. And, and Freud, again, had the Oedipus complex, but it wasn't so much his mum he was into, it was, it was, it was Bernays' wife. Uh, but it's all in the family with these, these characters. But you, you'll find that Bernays used, it, it became like an advisor to governments, not just one, but a few different uh, presidents. And he actually used governments to his own advantage. He even set up a, a company, a film company, like Pathy News, that was shown in the cinemas, at... Uh, Worrying about the, the the terrible dangers of communism taking over one of the Latin American countries. It was Venezuela, where it was. It's where the Great American Fruit Company was stationed, a big big U.S. or New York company, and the the, the country had voted in a, a president. And Bernays and all the shareholders were worried. You see, that, that, oh my goodness, they might they might nationalize the company and start start to keep money for themselves for the country. For goodness' sake, yeah, can't have that. And so they, they, they used the U.S., they got the U.S. military to go in and overthrow the president of been elected. That was years ago. And that's what he did. And the public didn't mind because they'd seen all the different newscasts that he'd made before, preparing their minds for it. Oh, yeah, if I got that, he's over there, overthrowing communists. It wasn't communists. It was just that the people wanted more of a share in keeping some of the money from their produce in their own country. <laughs> 
And anyway, that, that was Bernie. And he was so effective, answer that President Wilson um, that said he got elected when he said he'd never bring America into the World War, the First World the Great War. It was on the go. And because he lied, naturally, because that's why they picked these guys. But Bernays was appointed to find ways to gradually persuade Americans to be all for the war. It took him a few years, but he came out with a book and different things and a massive propaganda campaign about the terrible Huns, the same old stuff he was in Britain. Uh, the same kind of stuff, actually, with bayon- bayoneting children and all that stuff that they used for uh, Serbia years and years later and Bosnia. So it's the same, the same stuff, like like the dog. Uh, always the same techniques, you see, to get the public out. Oh, my, that's terrible. They can't get away with that. It must and it was all to make sure that America would go into the war, but 1917, uh, after three years of the American banks basically mainly in New York, <laughs> financing all sides in the war to make sure they'd all get their, their money back um, for the loans, regardless of who apparently won. But America was to be the arbiter of it, and so they sent the American troops. This is all history, folks. This, this really happened this way. Yeah. It's so much so that, Ber- that Bernays put a book out under propaganda and public relations that he renamed it Public Relations. It sounds better than propaganda. Uh, boasting about how, we, how he and, and teams of folk that were employed under him got America into World War One. That's how cocky they are, you know, these, these psychopaths. You know? They love to boast, don't they? But that's what you're living under. And so people had grandparents that fought in World War One. You know, they're all dying off now, all the, 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 the grandchildren. But yet these guys went off thinking they're going to have to fight for the, for the good of nations. Uh, Britain still doesn't know why it went, really. At least the British folk don't know, and and so on. There was definitely some stirring powers, but you see France on the border of Germany, sure. We know that Britain, or London, I must better call it London, the city of London, that ran the whole empire, like a private business, really, uh, knew that, that Germany was way ahead uh, with the industrial, <laughs> their industrial revolution that was surpassing Britain. And that their workers were happier, they got paid more, they, had, they actually had pension plans then too for, for Germans, can you believe that? Uh, before World War, World War I broke out even, and, and they'd, they'd brought in social credit systems too for welfare and all that. Britain was still called the poor man of Europe, there's nothing for the peasants in Britain. And the, it showed in the work and so on, it went down the hill, uh, and Germany was out producing them, so they wanted to rectify that problem. And that's what they did to get a war going with Germany. There's no doubt about it. That's, that was a big part of it. I've mentioned it too, that, that there was a good musical, believe it or not, a musical kind of um, parody on World War One to show you that it was a satire, to show you the, the farce of the wars. You're taught to, to, to honour, right? Like World War One, and one was called, Oh, What a Lovely War. And it shows you in sing-song form the, the the outbreak of war and it's hitting England and then the people are at the beach. It's all so this they're at Brighton or somewhere, and they open up these recruitment offices and they're all happy singing these recruitment songs, which literally were churned out by the propaganda machine from government. You always get this kind of stuff. Today it's Hollywood in the states and and um, no one left behind sort of movies and that kind of thing, getting youngsters all keen to go in. 
But back then it was all was songs. They churned out the songs and stage plays like you wouldn't believe. And uh, little ditty songs, little hooks in them, little, little chorus type hooks that you start singing along with. And it was right down to the kinds of shells that you would re- meet in the trenches that would go above your head, some of them whizzing, like, 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 like circular, almost like fireworks. Going out. And these ones were, were, had names like whiz bangs and things like that. And they named the songs after them. It's all jolly good fun, don't you know? And everybody initially in the movie, I think it was called Smiths and things like that, because they're showing you that the ordinary folk were the folk mainly who were going in to, to get slaughtered. It was, it was, and you have to see satire, and really, I guess, measured across much better than so-called poignant movies, where they show you the emotions involved of the people involved and so on. But they never... Turn around to how ridiculous all the thing the whole thing is in the first place. But in, in oh what a uh, oh what a lovely war! They actually have little scenes in it where you you see the the producers and the folk who have international investments and armaments and so on, talking about some of their factories getting blown up in France and when when Germany or, or Belgium and so on, and how they're putting lodges of complaints and by their lawyers to the British government for blowing up their fat and they would get recompensed for it. This this is what wars are. It's a massive business, for goodness sake. Massive business. I can remember after, I think it was in the 80s maybe, they finally, or maybe late 70s, but they finally agreed to recompense, I think it was maybe Ford or GM plant in Germany. They got bombed by the, by the, the British and the American Air Forces uh, during the war, World War II. And, and the company eventually put in uh, a, a lawsuit, and they got recompensed for the loss of their factories, and the loss of the work that they they would have produced if they'd been still standing. Uh, just astonishing what really goes on, folks. This is this is reality here. You're run by evil tyrants that employ the best minds. I mean, as far as IQ levels go, it's nothing to do with intelligence, really. There's a difference. I shouldn't say IQ. Uh, I've met people like con people at the bottom level, who are sharp as razors. They can see through any scam before you open your mouth. They can read you. A good con man will read you like a book because they're psychopaths. They don't have to work at it. It just comes to them like a gift. But if, you're, if, you're, if, they're not, if, if there's nothing from you that they want, they'll, they'll chat quite openly about what they do and how they do it. And, and any topic that comes up to do with pod, they can see right through scams and how to get more welfare money, and they can reel off the laws and right, but you've never even heard of. But when it comes to any academia, no, no. So they they wouldn't you wouldn't see that. It's a it's a it's a kind of strange parallel intelligence. It's a different type of intelligence. You might it's almost got the, the intellect of a predator. Of a snake that's going around looking for mice or rats to swallow or something like that. It's got that kind of, and that's what it's like, because they are predators, you see. And they do awfully well for themselves. But then when you, want, you meet the ones at the top that sit and do the planning for these wars, I mean, look at the PNAC group that gave you a list of countries that wanted to be taken in the 1990s before they had their. Pearl Harbor event, which they said they would need to get American support behind them, and bingo, the, the 9/11 comes along. You can't, 
You can't make this stuff up. And you're taught to believe in coincidence theories. Oh, just a coincidence. They, they made up these lists and published it twice and, and had sworn oaths to do it and all that. And, and then they got their wish and got American public support behind them. Uh, and so, yeah, it's just a coincidence. It's the same thing with your, your, your COVID-19. And they said at the meeting, it was like, it was like the, the final switch to turn on COVID. At the, at the last year's summit conference of parties for the climate change groups. It's the same groups behind that too, the richest folk on the planet, the same folk at, at the World Economic Forum. It's all the same people. And they said the people aren't listening to us and they weren't, they're not going to cut back on everything and they're not going to reduce their populations voluntarily, etc. So we've got to do something more drastic, they said. Well, bingo! And before the years, actually, out comes COVID-19, eh? They called it uh, the Wuhan virus initially, eh? And they had about four different name changes before they settled on COVID-19, coronavirus-19. Eh? And sometimes they say COVID-SARS virus, COVID-SARS virus. Mm. Astonishing, eh? But anyway, but they give you nice drawings, nice drawings of these mines, these floating mines of the air, and they're hard in the sea, and pretty colours in them too. You'd swear they're made of wool, wouldn't you? Eh? I'm surprised. I wonder if they're making them with wool balls like that now and selling them for the children to make sure they 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 grow up terrified of them as well. But this is what runs you. This is what runs your lives, and you don't know it. You don't know your whole life is in. You're in a movie. You really are. It's like you're in a movie. And you'll all get faced or presented with challenges that you think, and you, you will all come to the conclusion, or most of you will, I think it's 97% of the folk all go along with agendas regardless, you know. But uh, they'll come to the conclusions you know, that, that, that it just happens by coincidence. Whoever is. Oh, another crash came 2008. Oh, my goodness. It just, ah, uh, you know. I was giving the talks long before that that the, the bankers always crash you and, and loot you uh, at least twice a century, you know, on a, on a big scale and then minor ones in between. But uh, there's a big one, 2007, eight, And like everything else, you, you <laughs> never mind this stuff around 9-11, I'm going to even go into that to do with insurance for the buildings and... Um, and for the for the company, remember that all the stocks in the airplane companies literally drastically changed the day before the bombings and stuff. Eh? Never mind the folk who didn't turn up for work that day. Never mind all these inconvenient facts. You know, facts don't matter. Same kind of thing. But but that's a reality with the COVID thing as well. You see, facts don't matter. And so it doesn't matter that the elite already said that they're not, the peasants aren't listening to us. You know, they're still breeding and they're still wanting to consume and have new cars and things and have decent transportation and cheap gasoline. And, and they're still driving those terrible gasoline cars, for goodness sake. They won't take Mr. So-and-so's electric ones, which are twice the price and don't last that long because the batteries cost half the price of your car, a new car. But inconvenient facts, eh? So bingo, COVID breaks out, eh? Then, after all, it comes out from official sources. 
where it came from. We find out where a coronavirus was given to that lab over yonder to continue with gain of function, to make it more virulent and deadly. (laughs) By the same characters that are telling you now to wear face masks and you're not going to get out of your houses with an immunity password. You can't make this stuff up, folks. Obedience to authority, eh? Isn't it astonishing? Isn't it astonishing, eh? You could shoot holes through all the excuses you've been given that, that even contradict themselves from the same sources. Don't wear masks. You don't need them. And then the same characters are telling you, you better wear masks so you can get fined. Hmm? And the same sources again. With the, well, it doesn't make any difference. It tells you in the packets it won't stop COVID. <laughs> Facts don't matter. Big agenda. And they've told us the world's never to be the same. And now they're telling you they really mean it. Well, Gates said it. Well, it's not just this one. It says it's the next one. Well, yeah. It's to be the whole forever. Again, the coincidence, the big 5G, massive drive for that. It didn't happen by itself. And they're smart cities. And Bloomberg and all the rest of these characters involved, no? The rich men in the world, eh? Conspiring against their own people. That's from the Bible. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, smart cities and the Internet of Things. And now you have the excuse for all, well, you see, you've got to have total lockdown, all these apps to monitor you to make sure you, you're, you're, you're where you're supposed to be in your own house locked up. And you're six feet apart from the person that you're, you're married, well, don't you're married or not, but you're with in the home, eh? In the home. I guess now you're going to get beds that are going to be, maybe even bunk beds, so one will be six feet higher than the other. Eh? Maybe due breath might rise up, or it's, oh, oh, all these technical details to work out. But the fact is, you're all getting brainwashed into a whole new way of living using terror once again. The terror of war, the terror of total bankruptcy. Starvate, all the things that come out of real wars are being folded up into COVID-19. And food is going to run out because <laughs> they want to bring you to your knees, folks. Like any major world war because it's to bring a global system in. The globalists were unhappy with countries wanting to break away from the from these conglomerates like the European Union. Terribly unhappy about it. They didn't get a completely unified Americas yet. The same CFR group that drafted it up and boasted about it. We drafted up the plans for it for America and Canada, you know, US and Canada, Mexico and other countries to join in too. They haven't got it all. They haven't got their, their parliament like they got for the European Union. They haven't got one officially set up for the Americas yet. Because there's resistance again. So bingo. The same globalists that want to run the world and everybody in it. It's their right. You they're taught. Their children are taught. This is their right to, to rule the world. They're, they don't get brought up reading the same newspapers you do. Or news sites. They're, Listen, son. This is how the world really works. You know, we've been running the world for an awful long time. And these, these fools don't know it yet. They're children. Yeah, that's how I talk about us. We're children, you see, because we're ignorant. 
and uh, and and it's their right to rule the world, you know. I think once there, there was a documentary out, a documentary called The One Percent. I think it was made by the heir of Johnson Johnson, and uh, it's a good good documentary. But two thousand and six or so, it went into some of the families, rich families there. Touched on, touched on Warren Buffett and others as well. And uh, it's, it's interesting to go through, <laughs> for, see things from their, their point of view and from their, their perspective. And it was interesting because you're talking about it wasn't for the, all the things that his, his families and the family's wealth uh, are into. Uh, but what was interesting, they showed you one of these money investment managers that goes around these big families. And they're more powerful than the families because they get the investment money from all the different... They, they, they advise these, these people to sign on to them and they decide where the investments go. And they can be billions of dollars and billions of dollars per week, literally, from stacks of families. And they decide where that money is going. Into countries, out of countries. They can collapse countries. They can build countries up. That was the, it was a side effect of the documentary. It wasn't really meant to be about that, but that's what came across. Quite fascinating. I don't know if it's still up there or not. I might try and find it. But that shows you how. You know, it, there's no, and they kept knocking down the sun as he's trying to bring up some, some valid questions about the damage they might be doing to societies and peoples. It doesn't go well with your game of croquet, you know, and, and uh, your drinky poos in the afternoon. It doesn't, doesn't go well, you know. And, with your, with your butlers and your maids, you know, hovering around and everything's so spotlessly clean. This is a system that runs the world. It's worldwide, and they want a world government. And they want, a, a, they want to eradicate individuality. That's what they've said over and over. The United Nations, I mean, I've read their documents on the air when I was on the radio for years, and I read their documents where they kept saying over the greatest enemy, the greatest enemy to world peace is individuality and individualism. Huh? And they're just a front for the elites. So you won't be individuals anymore. You'll be all standardized peas in a pod with the same opinions on every darn topic. And if you don't have the same opinions that's authorized, you'll be penalized with your social credit system. And you won't, in a digital economy, you'll, you'll be literally cut off until you get, until you will get on your knees to your masters and beg to be brought back in. That's what, they're, what do you mean? This is what they're, this is where they're going with it all. Look at the newspaper articles or the news sites articles, these should be called newspapers. And they're all on board with this. Oh, yes, and they're all praising YouTube for banning folk that have any contrary opinion on, on the COVID including virologists, epidemiologists, and doctors, and everybody's working with it, talking about it being a scam, and they're all getting banned. And if, you're, if you print their stuff, you get banned as well. There's democracy in action. This is the future you're looking at here. Dictatorial tyranny here. No other opinions allowed. This is, this, this is, oh, this is whoa, folks, you better, you better get uh, active very quickly here. And start using that no word that I talked about in the late nineties, the smallest word in the English language. I said uh, that's, that's so omitted all the time, and I gave a, a whole talk on it. I see someone else reiterated it and took it all recently, but uh, you relearn that word and say no, 
And I gave the reasons why. And I said, you know, you've been trained to be compliant, to be nice to everything. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, yes. Started to say no. And you, you'll see them getting thrown off guard when you start saying no. I'm talking about officials of authority. They're not used to people saying no to them. Because we're so nice now. We're so, I don't want to cause a fuss, you know. You start saying no. Because then, then they have to start thinking, because they're not used to be. I might have to look in the in the rule book here to see if you can, you're allowed to say no then, you know. <laughs> I'll go ahead and do it. You can start asserting your authority and your own. And it's true, that old idea of sovereignty. You, you are technically a sovereign. I should give your sovereignty away to somebody else. You are responsible for yourself. Government's job is not there to, to, to save you from anything or do anything to you for that matter. I've got one article here. It's, I think it's, um, it's an article. It's, it's so amazing to watch. And I, don't, I, mean, I have no time for any politicians. I think the whole thing's a stage play. And there's no politician there for Americans, average Americans. There, there, there's not. There's no such thing as a lesser of two evils that's been played at two because uh, I, even Donald Trump, yeah, I haven't seen him um, talk uh, against the, the, this tyranny, medical tyranny that wants to put untried vaccinations that alter the DNA of your epithelial lining permanently. I haven't heard him speaking out against it. For, to the contrary, he was all for backing pharma and experimental medications and drugs and vaccines before he got into office the last time. It was in, it was in his speeches, if you had to listen to them. He got backed by big pharma. But there are no good sides here for the average person. There's no good sides at all. But one, one article they put in there was, well, can the military doctor that's really in charge of, of Trump dictate to the, to the president, like, you know, and I came to the conclusion, this is, well, you know, the president's got the right, like, and, and here's the, I'll read it later when I find it, but, because I don't prepare these talks at all, really, but he, he said something like, to paraphrase it, he says, well, the, 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 the president, like any other citizen, has the right to decide what goes in or doesn't go into his own body. Well, remember that phrase, so do you, like any other citizen. Huh? Are you getting the point here? <laughs> Remember, it's like firing a bullet. If you fire a bullet to something, once it's fired, you can't call it back. You get in the picture. Once they, they fire these shots into you and wait to see what happens in a year, two years' time or whatever, you can't call it back. You've done it. It's a permanent thing. Permanent change in your tissue. It's a genetic alteration. This is a different kind of vaccine. Which they admit to. And you realize they've given immunity to all these characters that are going to pump it into you. I gave out the big PDFs from the governments, from Canada and the States and Britain, all pretty well identical too, obviously from the same source. <laughs> giving blanket immunity to any effects, side effects, including death, to any age group and anybody. That's um, No, you, you can't go along with this kind of stuff. It's absolutely... It's, never mind the fact that uh, 
<laughs> I won't see. There's no point anymore discussing and trying to argue the points of fact because I don't care. I don't care. This is an agenda for permanent, lifelong lockdown and control. Because they've already got a whole bunch of other vaccines you're going to have to take. You see? And they don't want you just having the right to say, no, I don't want that, including the flu shots. But a whole bunch of boosters and and all kinds of different vaccines you've never heard of before they want to get put into you for your whole life long. They don't want you ever to go back to a life where, don't, don't forget the smart cities are designed that you won't have to travel outside the city, folks. You won't have the cars to travel outside the city. It's main, main transportation, public transportation for all you fools, agenda for the 21st century. I noticed that Dr. Coleman came up with it. I've been preaching that for years and years. It's the whole century that all the different 20, 30, these are all parts of it. But the whole century is spelled out. No private vehicles will be allowed. Non-essential vehicles. And eventually, there's to be no private property. It'll be owned by massive conglomerates, a conglomerate of selected property owners, landlords, massive ones, though, ones who own big chunks of cities, you understand. I remember looking, too, over the years, during the big depression we've had leading up to 2008 and afterwards, and I know, I know people in construction in the big cities in Chicago and different places, and and they're building big high-rise buildings all over the place. Where's the money coming from? I mean, it's not like that the business is booming or anything. These these are this, this is to accommodate all the folk that are going to come in from the rural areas, because Agenda Twenty One is not going to have non-essential people outside the big cities. Only selective corporate farms, only the big corporate groups. And that's how you... Why do you think the agenda for the 21st... Do you think that's just some sort of wish list for Santa Claus? These characters are way beyond... Whenever they have massive teams working on things, and they all sign on to it, they mean it, they make it happen. You think the world's just stumbling down through time? No, they say it themselves. The future's always planned by them. Regardless of what you care to think about <laughs> or believe. But just to finish off a thought, to do all, all the, the generation is getting written off. All the factories and all the related industries that went with the factories and supplied factories, all kinds of things, all gone by design under free trade to Mexico and China. Years, I, I gave the talks on it, countless talks on it, years ago. And they knew they were turning into a service economy where you, you would only import things and middlemen would pass them around to eventually get to stores and, and now you don't even need to store so much. Most folk are ordering things online. It's all planned that way. So a whole generation would have his workforce just written off. Or give them stay-at-home money, you know, play money, basic incomes, just basic, basic. What do you think basic means basic? Huh?
technically basic income is <laughs> invalid income. Basic, you see. In this system, you either it's like an <laughs> it's like an able seaman. Huh? Again, back to Cain and Abel in a sense. But an able seaman is, is got all these limbs, looks like a mason, same kind of thing, and he's fit and healthy and so on. His past is, is able for to perform the duties that he's tasked with, you see. And if you're if you're past then then your your past is valid. If anything was wrong with you, you know you're now an invalid. You're invalid, you see. That's where all these words come from. You're written off. You're not a good producer for them. That's exactly what the United Nations said years ago, and I read that from their own writings, their own websites years ago, when they declared that a good universal global citizen, and you look this up, is someone who's a good producer and consumer. Once you're simply consuming, you see, as a pensioner, you're not a producer, you're not a good citizen anymore. And you're getting a picture and incomes, incomes, obviously what we're getting now is euthanasia. <laughs> the planned society. You've had your good life, now do the decent thing and take this pill. Uh, everything I talk about is, is just repetition to me because a lot of things that I've, I've said all before in great detail. And lots of folk now are using my articles from years and years ago. I wasn't guessing about it because I used their own information. Just like now, I use the information from the authorities themselves on their own vaccines. It doesn't make any difference. You'll get banned uh, just for repeating what they say because you're not authorized to repeat what they said. <laughs> you're under tyranny, folks. And if you don't stand up to tyranny now, it's done for. But but that generation, getting back to it, before I just finish this little bit, I'm going to talk about, think about, I was thinking about that this week. Some Christian groups are falling into the trap of right-wing, left-wing. And American Christianity is a spectacle to outsiders at times. It's, it's, again, it's so immersed in material, in material uh, world of wealth often, or at least portrays, it portrays wealth. And so it's very difficult to distinguish from the general population of middle-class wealth in America. Uh, and, that, that, and from an outsider, that really stands out, you know. But they fall into politics as well. They really fall into it. And they'll see that which they themselves naturally have been trained to see, which is a communist type of thing. Uh, they want to riot in the streets on behalf of communists. They're, they're just folk on the planet. These are the guys who run and own the media companies and so on. That's the real communist folks. They are the globalists. Communism is a more practical way to, to get efficiency in a system where you can eliminate, again, individual will, you see, individuality. Do what you're told, obey, and that's what they do, you see. It's, and in communism, they, they, they'll, they'll do it voluntarily at times, too, for a better tomorrow. That's what the Soviet system gets. It's, it's all for tomorrow and the children, you know. It never arrives, but you, that's how they present it to the people. And, uh, and that, that's like, so it's a really efficient system with technocracy. But, but a generation's got, got written off here that had to happen. They're not the first one, really. 
that has been going on since free trade was really pushed big time and, and the factories were literally shipped physically off to China by our tax money, by the corporations that signed on to it, we paid to have for their continuity over in China. We built dams in China to, to power a lot of the factories. We, Canada was involved in building all of them and nuclear reactors and things. It's astonishing, but folk don't know where your tax money's been going. And they could keep classing China as an emerging nation, even though it's a dominant nation now. And you're still paying for different things, even for their schooling at one point, and hospitals. But it's so-called developed countries, that's us that are going backwards, you see. I gave a talk on this years ago, how as we, uh, they'd be a happy medium as we dropped down and they rose up, all these third world. India's the same, we're funding India with free trade now, yeah? and giving them all the tax breaks. We pay for the tax breaks, we pay the taxes that they would have paid if it was the other way around. Folk don't even know what they're living in, that they're paying for it, they have no idea. That's a really efficient system where your masters have worked out so well you just don't think to ask the right questions. Isn't that something, eh? You're so well managed, you, you, it doesn't dawn on you to ask any questions. That's perfect brainwashing. So you know, when you see these folk rioting, and more rioting to come, because even even if some of them can get into university, what's the, if they can go, we can go back to university, with, unless they, they, they do Bill Gates' new, uh, re, uh, what's it called, reimagining education, they call it. Everything's getting reimagined by the big boys, you see. It's been, the imagination's already been done. And, uh, if they, if, if, however, I mean, uh, what, what, what kind of work is going to be for them? There's, all the traditional stuff's gone pretty well. And there's masses of competition coming in from China, India, and elsewhere. They've had their education is there, and they continue in the West, and they stay in the West, a lot of them. And they're wealthy families, too. So how can you compete with it? There's not many you compete with. It's for a global society, a different society, where nations might exist in name only, but they're not the same entities that they used to be. It's just like place names now. And that's the idea. Because the Marxist ideas were picked up on by the richest folk on the planet long ago. The elimination of the nation state, they'll wither away step by step, and then eventually you get a global system. You're in it. But listening to the, some of the Christian groups, and I thought, and reading some of their articles, I thought, look how easily they themselves. These people who are doing pretty well for themselves, some of them. I'm not putting them down, by the way. I'm, I'm just stating the facts as the, things are. Look at how easily they themselves have adapted into the post-9-11 idea and have forgotten now how it used to be before the, the crisis of 9-11. That was the first part of the crisis, to take away all your rights and freedoms. And everybody's complied. Now it's normal to have no rights. And well, well, I know that everything I do is getting looked at and monitored, and I've, they've got lifelong databases on just me and everything I think and do. Where's the indignation and all of that gone? Huh? Where is it? Or have the wealthier ones themselves all accepted their their, their pre-clearance uh, special and paid their extra cash and given all their data 
and going through their biometric stuff and got their biometric cards for so their preferred customers for travel. Now that all they have to do now, which they will, you wait and see. They will. These same families. They'll, they'll get their, their special COVID uh, or, or immunity passport and they'll take their vaccinations and they'll accept. I can remember when the arguments years ago, back in the 90s, this is awfully important. I might just touch on it now. My, my mind's even gone on to it. What was when they talked about one of the marks? Of the, it didn't have to be in your, it's whatever you held in your hand. Uh, it was your ID. Anything which ID'd you in a purchase, a purchase was evil. And folk held on to, to the end before they, they would use debit cards and so on that your masters want. Because now, oh, yeah, all the stores are, are bought over eh, for, for selling all your data and supplying government and agencies of all kinds with what you purchase and what you eat, what you, etc., etc., etc. Oh, by the way, under your smart plans, you see, and your smart cities, I should say, all that data is, is going to start to be used openly against you. Do you know what your weight is today? And all these, everywhere you go, you're getting monitored, watched, and I'm not, and even, even wearable stuff, I'll, I'll get into that. <laughs> they're, they're actually banning folk for, oh, how ridiculous, talking about chips inserted into the skin. And so I'll touch on that tonight. Uh, I've got articles even from The Guardian, poo-pooing, oh, they're, they're the standardized handouts that they're giving to poo-poo folk that say the, the facts, even when the facts come from DARPA. <laughs> Because facts don't matter, what these prostitutes say. And remember, add them all to the lists uh, for, for trialing, public trials, to all these media characters. Add them to the lists for crimes against humanity. Massive crimes. They're, they're all complicit. They, they know what they're doing, and they know they're complicit. With their branding, professional people with, with all the same credentials, even higher credentials than some of the characters that are on TV all the time, telling you what to do. And, and, the, and they're, they're poo-pooing these characters because they've got a different opinion, including the doctors that work with the patients. Facts don't matter. So add them all to your list, folks, because they should be. You've got to start dealing with Justice has to be seen to be done eventually. Has to be. Because the horror that's been inflicted upon humanity already, destroying on by design, by design, the world economy for most folk. That's the, by design bringing you crashing into what their plan for austerity, which they, they, they said they're going to bring in for years. You ever seen, well, how, how would they do that? Well, bingo, they've done it, folks. <laughs> You're here. Absolutely here. But yeah, getting back to, 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 to the middle classes that, that are back in the, the, the left wing, they've all adapted from 9 11. And because they've adapted into, from 9-11 and they have no privacy in holding their, their belts, or, you know, their pants up at airports and getting x-rayed, for goodness sake, you know, bash with x-rays, for goodness sake, radiation. <laughs> and, you know, and, and their, their shoes, all that kind of stuff. But they can pay the extra money to show that they're more privileged, you know. They can afford to pay the extra money and get the bio cards for, 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 for better travel passengers and so on, and pre-cleared, etc. And they'll do exactly the same, as I said, with the vaccination passports. They will. You wait and see.
wins. You can't live as though like nothing had happened. You've already adapted. And you're wondering why the folk, uh, the, the generation is getting written off here are angry. They can see it. They can see the effects of it. They may not understand or even be able to verbalize a lot, but they can see there's something highly dysfunctional here in society, something incredibly corrupt and crooked. Well, everybody else has been adapting and adapting. Oh, well, you know, adapting. So from a debit card to preferred customers and, and uh, preferential cardholder, oh, you, they give you nice little titles. Oh, they, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a valued customer. Yeah. <laughs> I get a little discount. No, you don't get a discount. The people who don't get the card get punished by paying a higher price. You're getting the normal price. That's the con of it, you see. And along with that, as I say, they know everything about you, what you eat. But with the smart cities, what did they say? You're eventually going to be forbidden. We know in real time. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah. So and so and so and so. You've gone over your quota for carbohydrates for this week. You're not allowed that much. You know that. You're so much overweight, blah, blah, blah. And you'll get shamed into compliance. That's on the cards. I had articles years ago on this. I talked about them. Here it all comes. Because you won't be able to go 10 feet in any direction without other sensors picking you up and monitoring you. But right down to what you purchase. Absolutely. And with elimination of what you're also happy to do. I don't want to use cash anymore. <laughs> it's so convenient to... Oh, that's convenient, but, but, but they, they know everything you're eating and buying. Oh, well, they know everything about me anyway. No, they know nothing about you till you give it all to them. So it's your own darn fault. And I gave a talk back in 1998 on this. I said, my problem, personally, is the elites who, who come up with these plans of how they want to manage the whole planet. And everybody and everything on it, like gods, you see. And and the academia they employ, and you know, to 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 help work it all into their heads of how to comply all their behaviors and so on. And I says, but the rest, and then the other group that I, it's my enemy, are the general population. Because in, in this kind of system, you, you can call it democracy if you want. It doesn't matter what you call it, a republic. It makes no difference at all. You get elites running the country. Intergenerational elite, by the way. Uh, some of them are even inter, inter, uh, transnational because they, they, can, they go from different countries, some of these families, and run them all. And they go through, often through the, the, the female, and you, you forget who they are at times, so you're, you spend half your life digging things up. That's how you run. The, 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 and these families are not billionaires, they're, they're multi-trillionaires. But I said that the, the rest of it is the general population. Because they count on the general population, who will always, most of whom will always go along. Always go along with whatever is given to them. And then once they get to a certain magic number, they'll say, okay, well, now it's mandatory. See, well, 60, 70 percent have accepted this, so it's now mandatory on you. And that's what they like to call democracy. That's, it's, it's, the same, it's the same in all, all systems. Everything starts off voluntarily, you see. Driving licenses were voluntary. Insurance for vehicles was voluntary. 
everything, everything's always voluntary until there's a certain magic number. Oh, well, you know. Uh, and then they can count on the ones who've already fallen for it just to be on the side of government. Well, I did it, so it was wrong. Why don't you do it? You know, we all did it. So they use the bulk of the population against the few that have got a mind of their own. <laughs> and that's what they're doing with COVID too, of course. They, they use them. And, and sure enough, the people will generally turn on you. That's what they do. They'll turn on vote quite easily. It's, a, it's standard. It's, it's been so well observed for thousands of years, this technique. Works very well. I'm just going to say here too that remember you can go into cuttingthroughmetries.com list my, all my sites which are there on the com site on my official sites in case the com goes we're in the war now and they're into the next phase of going after anybody who's speaking uh, with a mind of their own they have to stop it completely suppress all speech that's democracy in action you're under an incredible evil tourney folks uh, there's no debate about that. It's right in your face. And it's up to you all to, to, to stand up and do the right thing now. Because you'll be in hell for your, your entire, and children after you, in hell. In a monitored cradle-to-grave system of authoritarianism. I should say that was what the, the, the elect trick, the trick of the elect. is electric. That's what you're in now. This is their power. And... Uh, Many years ago, I said it's, it's very demonic. And uh, I mentioned too, um, an old preacher who's dead now, he mentioned, because uh, it was Christians at one time that at least were up on, on these kind of things. You know? And some of them stayed out. They wouldn't adapt into the post-9-11 thing like most have gone into so they can keep their standard of living up. No, you've got to stand up against evil at times and you don't participate in it. And you've got to speak out about it. And it is evil. And stop being, stop going goo-ga-ga, you know, with the latest gadgetry that's there. Because that old preacher said something. He was a rogue in many ways, but he did say something. He says that, that Satan could never take over the world without the computerized system. This is his time. Complete standardization of thought, news, Opinions now, and it's standardizing opinions, uh, banning opinions are not authorized until you all have the same opinion. And there's nobody standing up against it in power or politics. No, they're not. Nobody. That, uh, again, is another little clue. You don't really have any independent politicians. You're run by tyrants who set up fronts like Facebook and Google etc. Massive spy agencies and intelligence gathering agencies on behalf of those who own the planet. And you don't unfortunately have any internal spy agencies working for you <laughs> to make sure that you're kept safe and free from all the evil that's going on and the corruption. You don't have that, do you? You've got agencies that obviously don't work for American people. And their mind, the scandals have come out for, even from the FBI recently. And the stuff that they're still spewing out in their own publications. Com- they're supposed to be apolitical. No, they're anything but. They're all bought and paid for. That's what it tells me. Corruption has never been so incredibly evident as it is today. So yeah, you think about it, you think about all these youngsters 
who are willing to join any kind of ridiculous organization that's presented them. And they're used like useful idiots, they, they, they always call them, for purposes, because they're, they're so discontent, because they've been written off, a lot of them. Their leaders, as I say, are all Trojan horses in a sense. They're, they're in there leading them all, but they work for the big agencies themselves that want a, a new system, their own new system, the, the totalitarian system. But there's a lot of legitimate people out there getting written off who don't want to be given a welfare check for the rest of their lives under any name that they want to give it. Because it, it's, as, it's as much a chain as anything else, because along with it comes conditions and your behavior. And now you can't, and now you will have less chance of saying or doing what you want because then you will have it cut off. That's what Russell said in the 1940s, what they'd bring in. Here it is. Long-term planning, eh? But yeah, my parents were fooled. Grandparents too. For the systems they came up. Some of them, some of the, the, the grandparents lived through two world wars. Some of them were in, actively, in the two world wars. Never knowing the stuff you know today. And it's sad. Millions of people used and abused and used and abused while corporations grow and prosper. And out of it, they can also tie other nations together and, and conglomerates so they can, they can get plundered as well by the same people. Uh, now you want a whole world of efficiency and technocracy running the whole show. And thousands and thousands and thousands of psychopathic professors and academics, academicians, all working to bring it into being on behalf of the masters. Quite an amazing system. So cuttingthroughmagics.com, send a few bucks my way or buy the books and discs and uh, hopefully I can take along a bit longer. And uh, luckily I did get all the, the discs out that, that were back ordered. Uh, discs in Canada even have always been CDs. Even though there apparently is more than a DVD, you know, but never mind the, 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 the difference in, in gigabytes and so on. It's much bigger than a DVD. The, the CDs have always been like twice the price, at least twice the price of the DVDs, blanks. Like we're really ripped off in Canada. The same with laptops and things. They're, they're always about twice the price, at least, of what they are in America for the same brands and things. Never mind the, the, the difference in, the, in the, the purchasing value. Uh, when you really work it all out, we're still twice the price. And a bit more of that. And we've got taxes on top for everything, value-added taxes. They call it GST taxes now, I think. Or harm, harmonized sales taxes. I, I always think it's supposed to hear angels when you pay taxes. You know, harmonized. It's, this is a thing I have. But so anyway, you know, buy the books and the discs and send a few bucks my way. PayPal, send cash if you want. Personal checks. Some countries can still send to Canada uh, postal money orders. That's from the post office, international postal money orders, that is, to Canada. You can't use them anymore or get them from the States to Canada, but you can get them elsewhere and send them. Moneygram's okay too, but I say cash is fine as well at the moment until they ban everything. So uh, that will help me take along because, as I say, I've... Uh, You'd be surprised. Don't go by what they give you as figures. Understand how polls work. Polls work. were set up. Polls, polling systems, were set up by the British-type characters 
They were into public relations, meaning propaganda and alteration of opinions and ideas. And they did studies and found out that most folk will go what they think is the majority. And, and if you put across, across a good propaganda campaign and lie a lot, uh, they'll still go along with it. Oh, well, the majority think that, so maybe they're right. And that's what they use for the, these, these polls. They're all designed that way to sway public opinion rather than get public opinions to sway the rest of them. And uh, it's the same with, with uh, Google. All the same techniques are used. Oh, so-and-so only gets so many thousands of hits a week or whatever. That's nonsense. Don't you believe it at all? I've been shadow banned for long before you heard the term shadow banned before the rest of them because I was the only person coming out with the whole agenda years and years ago. Not just bits of it. And sure, you know, but I, I know for a fact there's lots and lots, but way more people than I'll ever tell you can look at my stuff. And certainly a lot more use it, absolutely. Often verbatim, in fact. There's even some people, I noticed it recently, I think I t- mentioned it a few months ago, um, that someone had tipped me off. A fellow was using my shows without mentioning me at all. And having, the, I, I get transcripts, transcriptions done for some of them transcribed uh, talks into the written word and and uh, the guy was reading them all off without reading my name off at all and presenting the shows as his uh, without changing anything just just reading it all off you know and then when I changed to to the four hour talks I I, I even I still checked in and sure enough he even said you know it's going to take a bit longer now it's a four hour talk so but he never once mentioned it was for, he was getting it, for, it was on my work it's just astonishing. Other folks now are using it, uh, and a lot of the terminology that I came out with years ago, with the new normals and all that, and um, and that's good. At least they're, they're using uh, the, the the work. It's a pity that most of them won't see where they get it from. I don't know why they don't. Uh, it's just a I don't know. You, you wonder about that too. But I, I don't really expect uh, decency to come out of what used to be called the, the alternative patriot movement. That's what they used to call it at one time. I really don't think so because it's, uh, there's too many there's too many hacks in it now. Too many people who are in it for other reasons. There's stacks of folk put out there by the agencies themselves, and they've been doing that for a long time. With some some of them, by the way, you know how you how do you take something over? Well, you make sure that you lead it or take it over and and say lots of the same stuff, but then you have your little spin on it of who you vote for, when you vote, or what countries to stand up for, why you should be at wars, and all that kind of stuff. It's, it eventually becomes self-evident. It can be awfully deductive and entertaining for a lot of people who will still go into it, but I've actually heard people who say that, that they'll still go along with certain people, and they know exactly what they're there for and who's backing them or whatever. But they're in, but they, so, so in other words, they know they're getting used and abused and lied to to an extent, or used, for the nation's getting used, or deceived to an extent, but they like the personalities. Isn't that amazing, eh? Isn't that, isn't that really amazing kind of thing for folk to say? So you like them. Well, that means you like psychopaths, so don't ever complain about whatever psychopaths do to you. You have to, there's an old, an old saying, you have to test the spirits, you know. And often you, you get incredible glaring examples of, of what the spirit happens to be, eh? Glaring examples of it. 
and the people right at the moment are not catching on a lot. They're, as I say, they've all adapted into post 9-11. Oh, well, you know, no privacy, I guess. Well, sleep is safe. And then this this massive monstrosity called Homeland Security they came out with. Uh, well, it's to keep us safe, you know. It's the same thing as wearing masks, people. It's to continue to remind you, continue to remind you uh, that there's terrorism everywhere, under the bed, it's around the corner, it's in the dark, it's in the daylight, it's everywhere. Terrorism, terrorism. No privacy. They have validity having no privacy. But they created an internal army they can use now. Massive army. People have forgotten too of the 90s. The US was the hope of a lot of countries for a while. It really was. And through the 80s, remember, a good part of the planet was under the Soviet bloc nations, you know. And that, that this Cold War idea that, well, yeah, you, nothing's perfect in our system, but at least we're not as bad as them. They always need an enemy to point to, you know. And personally, I think they all work together. I really do. Because there was, n- there was nobody really going to press the buttons. It was all for the public. It kept their public, you know, cringing. It kept the public in the West cringing. That's what it did. And it made a fortune for the military-industrial complex. Massive money. Masses. You know, no one questioned it. Well, what they pay us tax to keep us safe, you know, and missiles. And, and I heard that Russia had a, got a new super missile out last week, and we need an anti-missile to catch it, and so we need a faster one. It's, it's five miles an hour faster than, than our best, so we need a new so many billions or whatever, millions. And, and away it goes, you see, and it's never-ending. They made a fortune off it for stuff that was never to be used. So you didn't have to prove it even worked. <laughs> it's good money, eh? Good scam, that one. And, and I remember, <laughs> I remember too, <laughs> that again, the same, the same characters that give you COVID, you know, and did the work with folk falling in the streets. They never happened, eh? They showed you on camera. Uh, oh, look at that, they're even falling, just to terrify you, right? The same characters that showed you these fogging machines going up and down streets in Wuhan and blasting the stuff hundreds of feet in there to terrify the blazes out here and to make sure that we got it. Even though China literally doesn't let a, a bird out to, to poop in the garden outside its own country unless they want it to be shown. <laughs> but we saw all this stuff, eh, to get us all terrified. The same characters during the Cold War. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you can get the, the documentaries anymore, but... At one time, I used to be able to buy them on VHS and so on. But they showed you the, the propaganda that both countries used during the Cold War. But they showed you the CIA stuff. It was really good, you know. And they showed you these mosques with the minarets in different countries. And it says the CIA for years kept telling that they'd have meetings, you see, for defense departments and, and with the politicians when they came for budget time for getting more money for missiles and and they showed these big minarets and said, inside that is one of the super so- Soviet uh, missiles, you know, atomic missiles. And and, uh, that's how they, and the way they presented it to was ominous music in the background. These all these techniques, eh? And, and inside there is a, something that could annihilate a uh, uh, good part of Florida if ever landed and stuff like that. And that's what they gave you, 
You see, that was all I had to do was show you that. They, they, they didn't x-ray it or anything. They, they came out with this um, backing evidence that we have witnessed that material has been taken in over the last few years and we know it's the, it's the blah, 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 Soyuz, whatever it's called, you know. And um, that was good enough. The automatic renewal for research and development for ARPA and then DARPA, you know. <laughs> I thought it was a good one, though, you know. It was, uh, yeah, but but yeah, the, the, nothing's low enough to deceive the public, eh? to keep you and 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 tender hooks, as they say. There's nothing low enough, and believe you me, evil has many helpers, many many helpers, and you have to check yourself at times too, and don't fall into the traps of saying, "Wait a minute here." You can't just write off a whole generation because they're angry. But think, why are they angry? They've been written off. Yeah, you know, it's all manipulated by the leaders, but they literally haven't got a clue what they're going to do for the future. They have no idea at all. And they pump drugs out into society to hope they just keep stoned, like Maggie Thatcher said when she was in. She said that um, she was given her policies of economics, you know, and she says, well, you know, the balance, you would have balance of unemployment and employment. You can't have full employment. It's a bad thing, she says, because then uh, wages will be uh, high. Uh, and perhaps there's a lot of unemployment. They'll take less money for the, for the work. But if there's, if, if there's, if there's not enough uh, employees going around, we've got abundance, uh, then the wages go up, and it's a bad thing. She's, so she says, far better to keep the pubs open all day. And she did. She, she ended the, the lock. I think they're all back in with the same pub laws, eh? But for, for years and years, from the Thatcher's time to up to the present, uh, the pubs um, suddenly go open all day long and well into the night, too. Before that, they used to open it, I can't remember if it was 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, and close at 2 2.30, and open again at 5.30 or something, and close at 10.30. That's how it used to be for years, something like that. But she did away with that. And she said it was far better keeping the unemployed youth and uh, spending their welfare, welfare money, unemployment money, and welfare money in the pubs than having them out, out in the streets organized and rioting. That's what she said, eh? That was the newspapers at the time. And then she came on national television and said, there's a generation growing up now who will never see work in our lifetime. Because she thought that was sound economic policy, keep a lot, of, a good chunk of the population unemployed. Plus, Britain at that time was also getting rid of its, <laughs> its businesses. To, and they kept it quiet from the public, what they were doing with free trade agreements. Eh? And then the idea to close down all the mines, eh? Big industry in Britain it was mines. It wasn't just industry; it was communities. It was everything. It was a whole way of life for people at one time. It was to be abolished. And it was planned years before. Uh, you ever heard about it? It was all decided years before. They, they lie constantly to the public as they as they're drafting up plans to eliminate whole segments of industry. Interestingly, too, there was a a good entertaining movie put out, I don't know if it was for TV or whatever, maybe Tim's television or something, but it was called Brassed Off, about uh, mining in Britain, as it was planned to get it phased out, and of course they kept lying to the miners for years and years and years, and the very end of the movie, it's a kind of part, like, part comedy too, 
but a realistic movie in many ways, going through using social events as it happened. And at the end of the movie, they actually have the, the, the top mine negotiators or guys from the government there who are phasing mines out, uh, admitting that it was planned years and years before the miners had even heard about it and that coal was going to get phased out. But Maggie Thatcher, as during her time, I think it was about Maggie Thatcher, she did, uh, she feared, or at least they, they feared um, the power of the labor unions, especially coal miners. And it's true enough that the, the unions in Britain were very Marxist to an extent, you know, or at least leaders were, or, or appeared to be. <laughs> Uh, but uh, but they did fight for the miners, no doubt about it, until towards the end, when, it, when they were closing them down, they were getting a decent wage. But uh, don't forget that for years and years and years before that, they were the backbone of industry. Everything was powered by coal, and the big electric turbines were powered by coal, too, most of the places. And it kept factories going. It kept, you had coal, literally, was the main heat for all the houses across Britain at one time. And it also produced all the gas for lighting and cooking for a long time. Coal gas had big, big tanks in every town. Massive things that were to to see. All gone now. But then we're going to bring in North Sea gas. And that's part of what Thatcher did. She, it wasn't even going to help the country so much, interesting enough. Uh, they, they definitely put a base of building rigs in Scotland, but... They were pumping, going to pump, but they put the actually build oil pipelines down through Scotland and to England for the refinery. So that made that would really take a lot of people off her refinery, and uh, and also she gave out licensing for all different countries in the EU and in Scandinavia to uh, to take oil out for the North Sea. So Scotland didn't get much of it out of it at all. <laughs> Never do we. <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah. And then they want their independence and then end up inside the EU, just like Ireland. What a joke. So you, you wake up under a bigger monster than the one you already were under. And they're so socialistic now they can't get out from it, from anything, actually. It's, it's socialistic policies. It's, uh, again, on behalf of those who run the world. Uh, more efficient because folk obey it for some strange reason. If they think it's their own system, so I think that movie was called Brassed Off. I think, and it was in, they, they had a brass band in the movie. A lot, a lot of working areas and coal mines did have their own brass bands. It was a, a tradition for oh, going way back into the eighteen hundreds, and a lot of them were good, mind you, and they would do little uh, parades here and there on weekends, and it was nice to hear the brass bands on the go. And they'd have competitions eventually between each other, different towns and all that. So that's what the movie's about, and uh, the escapades that they get up to. Is, uh, but in, the, in it, as I say, the end actually admitted it, that when they're, when they're closing down this particular mine, and or pits, as they call them, a pit straight down, you see, that's what the wheels are for, they lower the, an elevator all the way down. Whereas the mine is is uh, something you can drive down slowly. It's a sloped system through a, a cave-type uh, opening. So as they were closing it, the, the bosses came out and said, well, well, we, could, we couldn't tell the people. And 
This was on the cards for years. The, the, the coal's scheduled to be totally phased out, you see. And Thatcher did that, she. The so-called right-wing Thatcher. During, and don't forget, it was still during what was called the Cold War. Gave the contracts for the coal that was necessary. She closed, closed down the ones in Britain, the mines and the pits. And then she imported coal from communist Poland. <laughs> <laughs> she was bringing in from communists. So don't don't ever think that everything's as clean-cut as they say things are. It's, it's not at all, you know. Everybody plays their part. And if Thatcher or the rest of them could have, have the people working for the same standard of living in some of the, the communist countries and working hard towards it too, they would have done the same thing if they could. But I think the British folk were so jaded for, with years of feudalism. <laughs> And and uh, centuries of, of creating an empire, being cannoned for her, and paying the bills for all, that you couldn't really get them enthusiastic too much about much uh, after the World War Two. That's the truth of it. But getting back to America being the hope at one point, the the U.S. at least had lots of shortwave stations at one time, and many of them had been started up by the CIA in the nineteen sixties to counter communist propaganda, because the communists used Radio Moscow, was international shortwave radio. And they even had occasional blocking, you know, stations set up in, in different countries, because if you listen in Britain, uh, and I used to make little radio songs out when I was young, when I was wee, you know, before I was 10 even, because my dad was kind of into that as a hobby, and he'd, he could never really fix them properly or get them assembled, so I used to do it instead, and listen to the different uh, international stations. And it was interesting to me because I realized right off the bat that Radio Moscow was exactly like BBC radio. I, I mean exactly. The way the format presentation, the voices they would use, because a lot of them had been trained actually for an English language, had been trained in England. Some of them had even worked in the BBC. It starts making you think when you're a child, you know, okay, the BBC is, is training folk for Radio Moscow, the communists. <laughs> And uh, it's quite interesting. But anyway, the same format, and then the Ministry of So-and-So has decided, and that's exactly the sort of thing that would get presented in, in, in BBC radio. It's all, it's all reading off what the ministries of this, and the, I mean the, polit- the political agencies for the Ministry of So-and-So has decided, the Ministry of Agriculture has decided, blah, blah, blah. It's all declarations. That's how it's presented on Radio Moscow. Same thing, yeah. And they'd have little human interest stories in between it and, and about a woman who, who who did something for her neighbours and blah, blah, blah. And I'd say, oh, that's nice. And exactly the same as Britain. And many years later, of course, when I, when I listened to, to, to the post-Soviet system, uh, it, it was... They still followed the, the, the BBC. They were, and many of them actually admitted at that time that they, they had been trained in the BBC, even the ones that took over after the Cold War. <laughs> anyway, getting back to what I was talking about in uh, uh, the US, big things were happening through the 80s and 90s in the US. As soon as the, as the Soviet Union supposedly went down, just like that. The U.S. is off, right into, into the, into the you know, Afghanistan and the Middle East and so on. And 
And but, but really, it was it was also it was wanting to invade Afghanistan, I should say. Then they did some skirmishing with it. Uh, they were supplying. They're all been supplying um, before the collapse of the Soviet Union. The U.S. had operatives inside Afghanistan to get the, the Soviets out. They were policing at the time the Soviet army. And it's, it's so incredible that the U.S. It takes the same job over and gets bogged down in the same problem. Another Vietnam, you know, which is obviously deliberate to me. But getting back to, to the 90s, they went and attacked um, Saddam Hussein, who had gone in to Kuwait, because Kuwait was literally stealing, with the horizontal droning rigs, oil out of, from the territory of Iraq. That's a, it was all in the newspapers at the time. They even had articles, I think in Popular Mechanics, where they showed you these, these drill rigs and how they did the, the horizontal drilling. They would go into the ground and turn at an angle and then go horizontally under the ground and they go hundreds of miles at times into someone else's and they suck the oil out. And that's what they've been doing. And it's interesting that the Kuwaiti oil fields had been set up by the Bush family. It was Papa Bush, you know, who, who was in charge of it. Then, then the young Bush was put in charge of it eventually for a little while to get the feel of things. That, that was put in charge of oil fields. Same with Maurice Strong, you know, picked up by Rockefellers, given a fake history, and, and, then, and then put in charge of oil fields to get the feel of how the world's run, you know. And so Saddam had, had gone in to Kuwait and had made overtures to the ambassadors, I guess, from the U.S. to Iraq at the time. If it'd be okay to go in there, and, and because they're taking us oil, you know? and he was given a kind of non-committal kind of nod, you know, like, uh, and away he went and did it. And, and as soon as he did that, they, they, the U.S. turned on him. You see, it was like a setup, a big setup. So it was, it was literally. I mean, the, the, within a year of the Soviet Union collapsing, America's off to wars, pre-planned wars. Eh? And then, then after all, they had the, the, the cordoning off of Iraq for years, and then they put young Bush in, rather than the old Bush, but young Bush in, and he was sent to finish off the job, eh? and get the other PNAC list of countries and taken out. They're still fighting the, the rest of them, Syria and so on. <laughs> and that was American. Here's the thing, if you don't care, the big eating machine comes back and eats you. I gave these talks years ago. And you're seeing it happening now. When you're watching your own system causing incredible mayhem and injustice and plundering the planet, it's going to come back to you when you've served your purpose and, set and paid for all and said nothing. If you stand and watch horror being inflicted upon other people, then it's going to come back on you, cause and effect. And the people who, who are benefiting from it don't give a darn about the folk that are getting slaughtered on any side of any conflict. Or the people that, that are fighting it, meaning you. <laughs> they don't care about you. So it's very, very true. If you're in, uh, The silent majority end up carrying the can eventually for their own silence down the road. Because it's not a human thing to do, or a humane thing to do, <laughs> to watch other folk getting plundered and bombed and slaughtered and dispossessed of their own lands 
And your money is paying for it all, and your own soldiers are getting paid to do it. And what was it Bush Jr. said? Well, you know, I would go and get Saddam Hussein. He's just a bad man. He had nothing to do with 9-11, he says, but he was just a bad man. Look at the mayhem as they bombed it into the Stone Age. Never to recover. That was the intention, never to recover. Brzezinski said that. So did Kissinger. The long-term goal was to put all these countries into a Stone Age where they could never get back to nationhood. And they'd even fund conflicting parties inside, opposing parties inside each little place, ex-nation, to keep the, the, the skirmishes going so they could never get a government going again. These were official publications from Kissinger and Brzezinski and the CFR and trilaterals at times. And then, and everybody at home sits and, and during that whole time, remember, in the 90s, the build-up to all that, you know, as, as the U.S. was going across the world doing that, you had, you had the sudden appearance of a new type of internal policing inside America. And, it's, and it started off with Randy Weaver. And everybody said, oh my God, he was a white supremacist. No, he wasn't. <laughs> and said, oh, he belonged to some religious group too. Well, so what? So what? Huh? So what? Well, they're getting investigated by the FBI, you know. The FBI, that makes it, that gives it, that's really, that makes it really credulous with the FBI. The same FBI that said Russia hadn't interfered with, with elections and so on, etc., etc. The same FBI that literally it's, pretends to be impartial as they demand that Trump gets out. No, it's, it's all corrupt. But again, nothing is what it appears to be. But getting back to, to Weaver, and they set up Randy Weaver through the, the, the Bureau for, of uh, for, uh, Tobacco and Firearms to set him up uh, and, and got him to cut, I think it was a, a shotgun, the part of the barrel of a shotgun to shorten it into an illegal size. Uh, so they had infiltrated this, this and, and so he did it and all that. Then they set him up and next thing you know, they, they, they want to be an example of, of him and it was to be an execution. That's what really got Big things changed in the U.S. The general public, they're watching and say, wait a minute, what's going on here? What's going on here? So Weaver and his wife and his children lived in a kind of hut or, or a shack somewhere, a house. It wasn't a big thing, on a hill. And there was a standoff there. They, first of all, they sent sheriffs in who, who shot his sons in the back. They, they snuck up. His sons were out somewhere in the back playing, and they shot him. They shot him in the back, executed them. And then, they, and of course, they sh- I think they shot the family dogs. They always do that, you know. But to create that creates further terror as well, by the way, you know. And they even got Oriuchi, the sniper for the FBI, or whatever, probably Delta forces. And they got him. They used him to, who, who shot uh, Weaver's wife, who was standing in the doorway holding her baby. And it came out afterwards an inquiry that he was told to get her. It was an execution set up here. This is what got folk in the Patriot movement really going. 
and forming militias and things. They saw big change. What is this new FBI idea? That, that in the Bureau of Alcohol, Alcohol Tobacco and Firearms and had FEMA and all these black-clad like stormtroopers everywhere. That's what's really right. This is these are the you're looking at the signal of a big change, a big big change, of what it's supposed to be. And the U.S., which has always been a nuisance uh, to the, to those who rule it, has this thing called the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, awful, awful nuisance. I, I gave up the article was it last week, a week before, from the Council on Foreign Relations from the seventies, where the CFR says we can't fight the Constitutionalists. We have to go around the Constitution and over it and under it, but just just ignore it to get it because it's such a nuisance. To, the folk have rights. So the, the Weaver case was a, an execution set up. They even brought in the, the tanks and uh, built a road in to, to the house so they could take the tanks up. Just incredible show of power, strength, and military might to make an example of something. That's, the, that's what was behind it, to this example. You had the strange amalgamation, too, of the advisors to the FBI and the ATF and all the rest of it. The same characters now that are still prattling on about white supremacy. As, as whites aren't going around the streets, burned down the place. These supremacists are not. So as part of the global structure, the groups that advise the FBI and so and so. But then you had, then you had Waco. Now once again, when you see folk getting demonized, it's the first strategy in warfare, you must demonize the enemy. It's like when they came after, went after the, the, the Gaddafi, the great Satan. I remember even Reagan going wait, years ago went in the great Satan. He had three different great Satans after another, you know. And they all followed his suit, the great Satan. And evil empires and stuff like that, you see. So you demonize the enemy. And in Waco, it was an offshoot, a splinter group, I think, of the... Um, it wasn't the Seventh-day Adventists, it was, it might have been, yeah, it might have been the seven days. It was an offshoot anyway of them. But regardless, they were causing no harm. And there was a, they had a big farmhouse there. And a lot of their members from all over the world would come there and live a month at a time or a few weeks at a time. And so some of them brought their children and stuff like that. And the guy who was the head of it was David Koresh that took over from, I think, his dad. And you can all go, oh, the crazy nutcases. Wait a minute, they weren't crazy nutcases until they were fighting for their lives. Because they weren't fighting anybody before that. Do you understand this? What you were witnessing, again, from the Randa Weaver, and this massive display of a new type of militarization inside the U.S., uh, of, from the Weaver case to Waco, and then Waco was many, many families and children in there. Now, part of their teaching was that the world outside was evil. Babylon was the world. It was an evil empire. They were pretty well right, actually. They were a lot more correct than most Christians today, regardless of what you think of their particular branch or thoughts or whatever. You see, in the U.S., whether you like it or not, too, People are supposed to have the rights to their religion, no matter what you think about it. No matter what you think about it, okay? 
But during the Clinton administration, and that strange character, Janet Reno, that had a <laughs> different record of her own, by the way, if you want to look into it, we're obviously doing a, a, a job, a, a big demonstration of this new power again, going after certain religions. And they wanted a big display to the public again of this new power, like a military assault on, on, on buildings. Once I'd started, by the way, Koresh was, had an interview during it with outsiders that were allowed in, journalists or TV folk, and, he, and they recorded him. I think when he was he had actually been hit with a bullet, in fact. But um, they recorded him saying, why didn't they? If they wanted me, he said. They could have got me any time. He says, I, I came in any time by myself every once, once a week. They knew when I was coming in. The, the place, by the way, it was admitted. They knew when he was coming and going, the whole thing. And they could have got me any time. But no, they wanted a big show. This is what was so obvious about the whole thing, a big show. And a shock to the rest of folk in America. It's, it's a shock. Shock and awe, right? And... Um, and they got it. Now, the early videos that were put out there at the time showed you the FBI coming up. The FBI later said that they shouted out, no, they opened the door and the whole thing. All you see is the door opening and the, F- and the FBI, this guy, this, these black-clad goons opening fire. And you saw the, 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 the rounds hitting off around the, the doorway. <laughs> and the door slammed shut. They opened, just completely open fire on these people. This was to be a big demonstration. They went straight into action, trying to get up the, the, the building into the upstairs. And, um, and of course, by that time, the Davidians inside were fighting back. Because don't forget, their, their belief system was they were going to get slaughtered by Babylon. They, get, they were taught, they were, isn't that strange that that was their belief or philosophy in hand? They'll say a self-fulfilling prophecy in hand to them. But these people didn't say everybody come out and you know and stand way back. No, they came out the door and opened fire at the door. The ATF. It was admitted afterwards an inquiry too, and it took a few years that they had members of Delta Force there, by the way, helping the ATF. Who went round inside the building? They went drop through the roof. Afterwards, they blew a hole in the roof. And when the fires were going on, and they went round the buildings, just finishing everybody off, they had bullet holes in their heads. This is an American soil. And that's what, was the, that's what really shocked people across the U.S. at that time, who still had a brain and a memory, and they weren't totally indoctrinated into fatso slavery. slavery. <laughs> Gorge yourself and be happy and shut up. No, there were still people back then who knew the rights and what was coming down the pike but it was rather nasty and that's why the militias flourished that's why Bill Cooper um, and, and other, others too mainly him at the time told folk you know he, he, he went to Waco when it was happening one of the few people who had, went there to see it as a witness he says the people of the witnesses was, was being this, this was a massacre this was a total genocide of a people Guaranteed to be wiped out. They'd already found other people who'd, who'd managed to get out of the, of the house beforehand and who were shot in the head outside the house in the fields 
by the, the, the troops around her on American soil. You let that go and it's not going to stop. You understand that? And that's why all those kind of things happened with groups forming because it smelled so, so terrible. Then 9-11 came along, bang, you see? And when 9-11 happened, the same groups that were training and, and indoctrinating the FBI, who were somehow given the strange power to get only their version of reality over, right? And use American forces against Americans. Immediately came out and said, uh, the greatest threat to America is white supremacy. They're still at it. They're still at it today. And white supremacy has nothing to do with 9-11. <laughs> So it's like now, reality is getting totally bent by the PSYOPs groups. Totally bent. But that's the history a lot of folk don't know. That there were people ready to defend themselves and their nations, and their nation, and their counties even, under their law. <laughs> if they tried the same kind of things as they're witnessing happening of these massive internal militaries suddenly going after people. To wipe them out as a lesson, as a lesson to terrify the rest. Well, you're going to see the same things about the COVID as they go after and arrest folk. This is the next step of it, you see. It's all in their manuals. Staged two, three tier, etc. Different names, different for the same agenda, worldwide agenda. Think of the power to make this worldwide in coordination at the same time. And you think your vote matters? All planned years ago, with everybody they wanted in place in every official capacity, from the federal down to the local area, all on board with it. That, that's the coordination uh, and, and planning that's it, it's obvious. So yeah, that's why folk are getting uh, ticked off with the, with the excuse of using COVID for a tyranny, you see. It's always an enemy. Oh, it's Branch Davidians. Oh, it's the Waco crazy people. It's um, oh, the white supremacist, Randy Weaver. Uh. I remember the, the lawyer... For Weaver afterwards. He was a, a good lawyer, given a, did a documentary on it. And he says, you know, he says, people are generally okay. But he says, if you go up to a, a, a rabbit's burrow and you stick your hand in there into its territory, its home, and that mother is there and she got young, she's going to try to bite your hand off. This is, this is a law of nature. You don't go raiding folks' homes to wipe them out either, for that matter. Because what, you don't like them? Or you want to use them as an example to others? <laughs> it's just astonishing. Really astonishing. And the lethal gases they used too, which suffocated the children of them. They were the ones that were burned alive. <laughs> Yes, I always said that the Waco should never be forgotten. And they kept the demonization up after. But the press all colluding, naturally, you know. Just like the COVID idea, all the press is on board with because they're all bought and paid for prostitutes. 
they're all complicit in crimes against humanity and murder for that matter. But they should have a, a, a huge field up there with rings of children pointing to the Clintons, statues of them. And statues of the children point to the Clintons in, in Reno and the goons that are dressed in the military garb that came to execute them all. You see, if you're not safe in your own home, I don't care what you're praying to or who you're praying to or whatever, or what version or, or, or shade of, of any particular thing you're into, if you don't care about other folks' right to do what they want to do, when they're not causing any problems to anybody else, then what happens to them can happen to you quite easily. These are, these are pushing the envelope. This, they're all tests pushing the envelope, the next phase, the next phase, the next phase. And it was all getting used to, too, an internal army going to be unleashed upon the people inside America. And other countries are following suit in, in step with it all through that whole period, by the way. You had the same thing happening in Canada. They came out with the same black outfits for, for the cops, that these military combat boots and the ducked in pants, combat pants and the whole thing. It's all combat, combat, combat. All deliberate before 9-11 happened. Lockstep, lockstep, lockstep. A post-democratic society. The Club of Rome. Welcome, here you are. It's all here, folks. And people are just munching away and watching their movies and as we go through it all, well, I'm staying at home, but they're giving us lots of movies, you know. You're given a life to be in charge of it yourself. Most folk are quite happy now, unfortunately, and they're so damaged now for the authorities and for the system. And, and all the entertainment is part of the authorities. So they're, they're, they're passing your time for you. They're giving the thoughts to you for you. You don't have to think about anything. But there's a lot of folk out there too who still have intact minds. And that's the mystery to an awful lot of people, of course. You wouldn't believe the countless studies, ongoing studies for years on the people who don't fall under the spell as they try to find out why. And the billions have been spent across the world for psychological investigations into why certain folk just don't fall under and comply and be very, very afraid children. Hmm? And it does come down again to a spiritual thing as well. The world of matter right, hits the world of spirit. And the world that you've been taught to worship is a world of matter and prosperity. And the folk with more matter and, and access and the ownership of more matter than you are the ones you're taught to worship. It's materialism. Interesting that communism or Marxism was about dialectical materialism. Yeah. And eventually, of course, they would decide themselves how to distribute the material, everyone according to their needs or means, he said, which is, which is this redistribution of wealth and given more to the ones that they deem have the right to have more than you under a communist system. Isn't it wonderful it ends up the same way, really? Well, you know, you don't expect the cultural 
manipulators and entertainers to have the same as the worker and peasants that's doing all the welding in the shipyards and stuff, making real things, you know. No, you got to pay them more. They're important to keep the people in a form of uh, entertained haze of compliance. Very sad, isn't it? And how quickly folk adapt, how quickly they adapt to all. But everybody in the States in the 90s was, <laughs> with half a brain, realized something big was coming down the pike. Something wicked this way comes, as it said before. And it was certainly coming. And they were showing you, well, let's have these militarized guys with, dressed in black like executioners. That's the uniform of the executioner, folks. Getting you ready for evil coming down, eh? Authorized evil. And that's the key, authorized evil. Be very afraid of these people. Be terribly afraid of them, is the message. It's quite amazing. And the U.S. And I think that guy, that guy who did the, the killing, one of the snipers that was sent, um, Lon Horiuchi, the sniper. He, he was the, the sniper that killed Vicky Weber, I think it was. He was given a medal for eventually, for, for shooting the mother, holding her baby. <laughs> there you go. He's a psychopath, you see. And it came out too that they had decided, the psychological teams that worked with them had decided in advance that she was really the boss. So it's more important to take her out. Not arrest her, but take her out. Now think, fast forward to the present. Well, the threat of COVID, do you see? So you all have to be under the same authorities. They're going to send excess force out to you and so on. And I've got to give you demonstrations on TV, so you'll be very, very afraid it's not going to happen to you. So they start off with, with, with the, the cops and so on, the black-clad guys across the world, on mask-grabbing people who don't have masks on, and little, little women and so on, to terrify you. That's where it starts. But it's going to go further now with the stages. You see, this is, this is the start of the real push for it now. The, the warm-up was in the spring. And I've said it, that the world that's to come out of this is a vastly different world of existence, for your existence, than when you went in. It's a whole new way, and it's not to go ever to go back to the old way. And you're understanding this. This isn't pessimism, it's from their own writings here. <laughs> a preordained system that they, that they preordained and drafted up with Probably, probably by now millions of pages over many years for a whole new way of living. Post-democratic, post-consumerist society, basic necessities, obedience to authority, complete monitoring, birth to death, compliance. And 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 you get locked up if you don't take their, their mandatory vaccines. Locked up for life if you don't. Well, that's putting you in prison for life, isn't it? And I don't care if you're home or not. So you're given no choice here. Untested vaccines, with no right to sue anybody if you get sick or crippled or die with it. 
and you're going to go and vote the same psychopaths, I don't care what, what party, back in again. Hmm. In any country for that matter, it's no different in Canada. And so that's part of the build-up to the different groups inside the U.S. for regaining their rights and freedoms, or keeping them at least in our attempt to, uh, and sticking to the Constitution. And uh, there were lots of independent radio programs of people who were in different states who were starting up their own, again, defense leagues, you might call, <laughs> call it. And um, they knew something stunk to high heaven. It was coming down the pike, and the governments were obviously uh, using military gear and equipping. Uh, it happened all, all right up through Obama's era, too, equipping all the different areas with, with armored vehicles and so on, and millions of dollars' worth of military gear, and and weaponry to the internal forces here in preparation for something. You, you, you realize that the, the whole planning, plan A for, for the climate change agreements, let's just force it this way little by little to drag down to the next step is the, the fast approach. Oh, how can we, COVID will do fine, you know, something called COVID. And we'll push that on the public and enforce it and and close down all the economy. Much faster, isn't it? But this was all planned years ago. Years ago. And detail to be unraveled like this. And true enough, as I say, you'll see the, uh, all the different universities at work, the foundations like the, like the Rockefeller Foundation with their lockstep uh, as part of a big plan for the future. 2010, uh, using high-tech uh, equipment and so on for a new system, you when know, that was 5G worldwide and all that, all part of the monitoring system, and tracked and tracing, tracking and tracing you for your rest of your lives, not just for COVID, but this is be permanent. I've got articles, I looked into the, the, some of the companies that are making all the different tracking and tracing equipment wearable and regardless of what some of the newspapers say, implantable, like DARPA's talking about it. <laughs> this is for the rest of your lives. It's, it's a massive exploding business of, of like a permanent electronic tracking and tracing for all kinds of illnesses from, from here to, to, to forever. And it's not going to just stop. And now they've got, they're putting them into some stores now. Thermal imaging is the excuse. But it's also photographing you biometrically from a distance, measuring the eyes and so on, because you might be wearing a mask. Eh? Total tract and trace. And what you're buying in the stores and getting followed around the stores with their security cameras too. That, that, that's happening in Canada now too. But... Uh, this is for the rest of your lives. This is not just COVID. They've already said that. It's a, a big, massive business pre-planned before you ever heard of COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and isn't it beautiful? All, all the research and development has been done and is still being done with your tax money, public-private partnerships with these big, stinking rich conglomerates. Ah, yeah, yeah. Do you talk about tyranny, folks? You certainly are in it now. And again... 
it's still using the, it's, it's not quite got the, the, it's still got the glove, you know, the velvet glove on, iron fist and extent, but it's to roll off into stages now. They even said it with Event 201 stages. Once they get to the next, the, the highest stage, then the gloves are off, eh? and they're going to go after anybody who says anything uh, that's not um, mainstream push, authorized by the, for the mainstream. You're not allowed to have an opinion here. You see, you're now an enemy of the state. It's the same thing the communists always used, an, an enemy of the people. The techniques are always the same. Why would you change techniques that work? That's what Plato said. <laughs> but here we are, eh? And folk are just, again, well, it's not so bad. I'm getting paid to stay at home, says a whole chunk of them. But, and they really think, I gave the talks long before COVID came out. I says, they're talking about depopulation. They, they, you, they don't need you any, anymore in a post-industrial system. Do you think they're going to keep you around as pets? Well, you know, they're paying me to stay home. <laughs> you temporarily, and then come the conditions. Roll up your sleeves. Oh, we've got another vaccine. They've already said it, by the way, that this is the first type for the COVID. It's the first one they want to get into you fast, eh? Because it's so lucrative, and you're paying for it all by the billions of dollars. Guaranteed profits, eh? No fallout from any folk dropping dead or getting paralyzed or anything, because no one can get sued. That's a great deal. And Gates has already said they've got another batch of, of vaccines maybe a year down the road to take its place. So these ones are going to come out with. It's perpetual, folks. Are you getting the picture? I guarantee you, if this is the case, within five years, most of you won't be able to think about anything at all. But <laughs> you've had all these things stuck into you. This is this amazing tyranny. It's out of a science fiction horror, a futuristic horror, but it's here. The characters very into the... They've got the personalities, the authoritarian personalities. They're, they're placed up there in authority, even though we haven't voted for any of them. Are, are characters out of some macabre horror? They really are, aren't they? It's just astonishing. Even when they're caught in their own lies and doublespeak. Don't wear masks. Wear masks. Don't wear masks. Wear masks, you know. <laughs> it's just amazing. But sadly, most folk will comply because, you see, their reality is television. And they've been raised that way. To obey authority from TV. Well, that person's familiar. They're, they're newspaper anchormen. I've been watching them whole life long. They wouldn't lie to me. Brzezinski, 1970s, he said the people will surely be unable to think for themselves. They can only repeat what they were given the previous night's news. Shortly, they'll expect the media to do their reasoning for them. That was all done in the 70s onwards. They really believe these private conglomerate media associations are some natural appendage to their brain. They're some natural authority. Instead of being big business, big private business, owned by the richest folk on the planet. Private business. 
And yes, they have massive agendas. The greatest thing is to to give the folk their thoughts and their opinions. That's called mind control, folks. Political persuasion. Compliance. And folk used to know that, but now know they're... No, they're, they're there every day. They must be a part of natural authority of some kind. No, they're not. They're con people and awful liars. Awful, awful liars. The lies that they've been spewing out since January are, are phenomenal. And going along with the handout was given by the authorities, telling you not to listen to anybody who's given you contrary information, including professionals. Disregard them. They're bad, bad, bad. That's the real system you live under, though. I, I gave the talks years ago and, and, and reiterated it since, that, that um, the James Bond movies were generally about characters that belong to big worldwide criminal organizations, the richest organizations on the planet. That, that's what ran the world at one time And the underworld too With lots of legitimate businesses as well And that's really what it's like, isn't it? You're blow-filled characters And you go to Fauci and, um, and they're all masked men now, aren't they? Hey? Mm, like bandits Real characters like that out in public. And Bill Gates, what would you put him in? What kind of character is he? Hmm. Is, is he the one that, that was a megalomaniac, like the one that was in the uh, the movie where he had a massive media enterprise? Tomorrow's News Today, remember that? Where he'd make Tomorrow's News happen. And he had the big, big ship that would, that would actually catch all the... Um, U.S. And, and, and Russian submarines to try to start a war, I think it was, something like that. He wanted to start a war. And he'd write about it. And he, he owned newspapers in China and everywhere else, too. He went to China to have a war. That's what it was, China. But, uh, yeah, he would fit into that role there. You know, it was so cocksure himself, and his hands would wave and everything, so he explained everything of how his world was going to turn out to be and how he'd make it this way, etc. And it just had to be that way. Yeah. The only difference is that in the actor in the James Bond movie, uh, the, the actor had more humanity in his eyes. Bill's Gates' eyes, there's nothing in it. There's, nothing, there's not a human behind it there. You know, there really isn't. There's something, there's an entity of some kind, but it's not, I wouldn't call it human, not that character. You, you can trust that guy, you can sense, just looking at him uh, from a computer screen, that uh, you, you can't sense humanity in him, in the guy at all. There, but there's a creature there, all right. Yeah, some kind of creature, some entity. And what a tremendous, we're supposed to listen to this guy? You don't vote for him, remember? But he's, he's been given authority over you by other authorities that you do vote for. I think you better get, get these characters removed from your system and rectify the system. Maybe give it a good clean out, perhaps. Because it's utterly corrupt, isn't it? Not just in the States. But see, everybody follows this. Whatever happens to the States is, is the last, it's the last place for change, you see. If there's resistance inside, inside the States to clean it all up, 
and, and start putting matters right, then the, the world would have to follow suit. Because the U.S. is the biggest funder of all these global institutions, including the World Health Organization and the United Nations. The U.S. was to, was set up and fought, it was taken over. I should say, but it wasn't set up, to, but it was certainly taken over. And one of the big markers of it is when they set up the UN in America and the U.S. United Nations building and the World Bank, yeah, and all the institutions that run the World Bank and the world's economy that forces countries to comply with new changes and so all set up inside America. See, America has been the battering ram for the elites for a long time. It was taken over long ago. But it still has the laws there if they want to use them to clean up. <laughs> but the people would have to do it themselves, wouldn't they? And if folk become corrupted as they adapt into the system, like after 9-11, look how they've adapted into it. They don't even mention it anymore. What they'll mention is the next part of the corruption, which is they see in front of them. But they'll adapt because they adapted after 9-11. And all the hell that led up to it, including you know, what they were doing with internal militaries inside the U.S. that led to it all. And they've adapted it post-9-11. And now they're obedient to all the authorities and the massive police force system, or whatever you want to call Homeland Security as an example. Adapt and adapt and adapt. Well, you, you end up literally standing up for the corrupt system as you adapt. You're looking at the next part of the system and you say, I don't like that. Well, you'd, maybe you wouldn't have liked 9-11 either. <laughs> well, what happened there, eh? And when they said, well, we've got a whole brand new system set up, you know, an internal, we'll employ millions of people, you know, and we'll spy on everybody with it too, and we'll interface it with the NSA and the CIA and the FBI and the FEMA and on and on it goes, eh? And you adapt, and you adapt, and you adapt, and you adapt. And the big eating machine, which is a U.S. military across the world, is now in your own country ready to eat you all. <laughs> Full circle, eh? Oh, I didn't realize that's what it What did you think it was? you got to start looking at things like a child looks at things before he even gets the name of whatever it happens to be. What's that, mummy? You know, oh, that's... you, know. you got to start look, look, looking at things like a child. Look at things for yourself. Don't ask to have them interpreted by somebody else. Look at what you see. Because that's what matters. What you see. If you can't see, there's no hope for you to begin with. There literally isn't, you know. And that goes right back to the whole idea of spirit, soul, etc., doesn't it? You get this battle of focus. Well, you know, you, everybody's got a spirit that lasts forever. Where did they get that from? Where, where, it's like your, your body, right? Spirit and body. You can also get rid of your body if you want to. That's your decision. You're warned, don't, don't worry about those that can kill the body, but those that can, can destroy the soul as well. What do you think that means? Eh? What, do you, what do you really think that means? So many things to ponder, as I say. 
the folk don't bother to ponder it. They've decided already. They like the, 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 the and again, it's the, the world of the physical that generally ends up triumphing over the spirit in this world because you, no one wants to go hungry. No one wants to freeze to death. Huh? All the things that you need, basically, like an animal needs, the same things, food, shelter, clothing, and so on. You need them. Or you die, you physically die. And we're designed to try to live for as long as we can. People will fight to the end to try to get a breath out and get a new breath in. That's what you do. It's, it's a natural thing. Never mind what the elite trying to do. Oh, take this pill and finish it off faster and we'll save some bucks. We can spend it on paychecks for ourselves, you know. It's a natural thing. Nature's been destroyed all the time here, you see. But by the same token, that a lot of people, I think everybody probably will, it's almost, not no more, will, will occasionally wonder what else, is, what else is beyond all of this. They get an inkling of something. People who are younger, more so, because it has been utterly driven from them. I gave talks years ago about, and again, along with Jack C. Lowell's talks on education and indoctrination into propaganda where they must get the children young. And the, the initial propaganda is meant really to destroy the, the child's own ability to discern things for themselves. That's what it's for. And it makes them more susceptible to believing future propaganda. If they don't get initial propaganda at school, you said, then later propaganda will not take what won't work on a child. And that's why it's mandatory you get them to school quickly for the initial indoctrination. Look what they teach them in schools now. Total mind warfare. Total logical warfare against logic. And the parents sit back and let it happen. Which means the parents themselves are defeated, you see. Knocked out, disabled. When you let it happen. Total warfare and the folk don't even know that. They're taught that this is just progress. We're in a progressive system, a progressive democracy, they call it. As everything that was rational is destroyed. And you're forced, eventually, to accept the illogical. What is right is wrong, what's wrong is right. What's up is down, what's down is up. And you pay for that in more ways than just financial. <laughs> So the folk don't know they're, they're in eternal warfare here. And yes, no one wants to get hurt or tortured by the system, which again is torturing other folks in other countries. And you're paying for that too. No one wants that to be done to them. But you're complying, aren't you? What are the rules? What are the rules of compliance in a prison system, especially in a prisoner of war torture system? Social distancing. Even when, it, when they're, they're hooded and they're kneeling or hunched down, as I like to say, hunkered down, very uncomfortable. By the way, they're, they're actually using that terminology for COVID, hunkered down again. It's all the, this is predetermined, folks. There's two languages here, one that goes right to your subconscious, because you recognize that from the pictures you've seen with tortured prisoners. 
hooded ones hunkered down. You see? But you've got a nice person telling you, so it can't be that bad. But it is that bad. And so you, you social distance one from the other so there's no contact. You can't communicate. You're punished if you do. If you even mumble under that hood. The mask it has the same function. It disguises the face. It dehumanizes the person wearing it that you're looking at. You, you can't see the features. All you see is frightened eyes. You see? has the same effect. And then social distancing. Hmm? No contact. The only difference is they tie the prisoners' hands together. So they can't touch each other either for human contact. Segregate the people. That's what you do. No contact. They can't even recognize human features as they look at each other. When they try to speak, it's all muffled. It's the same thing. This is part of psychological torture warfare. Deliberate. Before Eden Fauci said, don't wear a mask. You don't need to wear a mask. It's not, it won't do you any good. And then later on, wear them, wear them, you see, from the same mouth. Because he gets his orders too, you see. And he's utterly compromised, by the way, in other areas. <laughs> He'll do what he's told. Once again, I'll remind you to send me a few bucks. I'm going to keep mentioning it because folk forget very quickly when they listen to long talks, even short ones, eh? <laughs> to send me a few bucks because it really helps out for me. And if, if I can keep money coming in, I can get through the winter perhaps and still put out talks because they're important and uh, some folks say you should put out videos because they're used to getting videos but here's the point of it do you want to sit staring at a screen for four hours when you can do a lot more when you're an mp3 player or whatever you're using and uh, get other work done at the same time isn't that better see how you're conditioned to everything step by step by technology until you think you can't do without it, but then how much time is going to rob you that you need to do other things as well. So it's quite it's easy to listen to it with a player when you're doing something else. Do you really need to look at a face on a screen? But then some folks say, well, yeah, it's the only way folk are going to be these days, just adapt to it again, adapt and adapt. And, and uh, I was thinking about doing some, you know, Talks that way and just putting a curtain up behind me and sitting there and prattling away. But I haven't really decided yet. It could be done, um, I suppose. But even though, well, I'm in the country too and it cost me a fortune just to get satellite internet. And they're, they're really hammering me now because I'm obviously uh, getting hammered from, from what I'm doing. And this is how governments, tyrannical governments work. They won't, they won't say, admit they're doing it, they just do it. That's how they would do it in any other country, in a third world country. They just uh, turn down your power until it's crawling, you get dial-up speed on, on satellite, and, uh, and then they'll play games with you, telling you, oh, well, try this and try that, if you complain to them. Maybe it's your equipment, maybe it's maybe, maybe. And all the time they know it. I've had this on and off for years, but this really got bad recently, till literally you would dial-up speed uh, during the day. You know. 
at night, like a magic clock, just turn it on. So if you wanted to stay up all night long, then you could use it. And I really mean that. So a switch is turned, and that's at midnight. And it sails away, but you can't stay up all night and and uh, turn your night into day. That's what they're doing, Bernays style again, mind you, too. The corporations train the public to suit your product instead of making a better product to suit your public. That's that's the technique they're using. Everything is manipulation, right? And they see us as animals to be retrained. So send me a few bucks, cutting3matrix.com, and... We'll see if I can take it to the next step, perhaps, as we go through this. Because things are really going to ramp up. You only see it. You only see folk getting arrested for their points of view. Not just because of uh, not wearing masks and so on, but for their points of view now. This is the next step they said they would take it to. And they plan to do it in the next month or two. And so you'll see it. You'll see the same Waco-type raids on houses where folk uh, are getting arrested because they're... They're putting out disinformation, not authorized information, authorized by Fauci and Gates and so on, the new masters, the Oberfuhrers, you know. So, um, yeah, you, you, you would have the right folk putting out information, and they're authorized, even though there's folk with more qualifications. Bill Gates has no qualifications in medicine. You start you're getting the picture here. This is a James Bond movie you're in. <laughs> uh, tell you. So anyway, yeah, send me a few bucks and help me tick along here, and we'll see what we can do. And if you need videos, I might put some out. But uh, cuttingthroughmatrix.com, list my sites, because they will hammer the com site here and there. They've already done it once or twice, where I can't even get uploaded in time, but I've got the other ones there, hopefully. So make a list of them. If you can't get the com site on Sunday night, try the other ones on my list. These are my official sites. Anything outside that list there on my site uh, is not mine. It may be put up from by somebody else from my talks. That's okay, but but the official sites are listed at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. So again, cash, PayPal, uh, personal checks, MoneyGram, and even international postal money orders or bank orders you can get that for a few bucks is are fine. That gets to me and. General post is better than in, don't register anything. If you register anything, you see I've got to go miles away to the post office to to pick it up or and, and sign for it. Whereas if it's, it goes for parcels too, by the way, you know, so if it's small parcels, they can fit it into the mailbox. It's communal mailboxes they have in Canada here in the country. They don't come round your house and drop things off. I've still got a few miles to go to my mailbox. And it's a whole series of, for the area of mailboxes. But they can get smaller parcels in there too. And letters. And that way I don't have to sign for anything. And the post office is maybe 10 miles away. you know. So you've got a 20 mile round trip. If we pick things up. So yeah, don't register anything. Just general post for anything. Gets to me regardless. I've never seen stuff go missing in the mail that way. But uh, yeah, yeah, so the money is definitely welcome, and uh, as I say, the, the emails I, I'm, I get deluged, deluged with emails from across the world, and I try to I try read the whole lot of them. There's so many people there. I mean, that's the only way you get in touch with anything. Like a child looking at, you know, whatever it is he's looking at, uh, you got to decide for yourself by looking at things and getting people's real opinions of real experiences that they're going through, individual experiences. 
to get pictures of things and it makes people become alive in your mind because we're so used to living remotely uh, with people now. Everybody's remote and you've got to start personalizing people again. They're, they're human beings and they're not numbers or just vague numbers on some kind of Twitter or whatever it happens to be or names. They're real people. And I, I like to, to see how real people are seeing things and experiencing things because it's, it also shows you the uniformity of the same agenda worldwide. That took years and years to plan and get things ready to get implemented by the right people in place at the right time across the board. That shows you what you're up against here. But like everything else, they need what? They need your compliance. So the biggest monstrosities can fall apart if they can't get compliance. And they have to give up eventually. Don't forget that. <laughs> they always use brutality before. But, uh, and if the folks still don't come, it falls apart. And then they're running for other nations to get, because they'll get arrested for their brutality and for their crimes against humanity. They know it too, by the way. That's why they always get worse before the end trying to force you into compliance because they know you'll have to start going after them to arrest them for what they've done. Total destruction of the economies, total manipulation of lies and mayhem for their own purposes. How can you enslave sentient beings through incredible agendas and lies and deception and threats against the people if they don't comply? This is what we're living under here. And you can't let that ever get off the hook here. They know it. They all know it. Like Bush Jr. said in an interview after he was out of office, eh? and they were talking with an interview about how Bush only accepted the kind of propaganda about the enemy that wasn't his enemy at the time, but the upcoming planned enemy. <laughs> He'd only accept the bad news about them. Uh, but no good news or complacent, happy news or, or mediocre news. He just wanted the bad news, how bad they were, these enemies, you see, to, to build up the case for getting the wars going against them. And Bush said, he said, if the public, I remember, I remember telling, and it was mentioned that the, one of his main characters that was his sidekick in the, in the, in the, uh, Congre- or in the government, he said, uh, he says, tell, he says uh, if the public ever find out what we've been up to, he says they'll chase us down the streets with ropes in their hands. That's from the, from the next president Because they conned the whole nation into a whole series of pre-planned wars that helped devastate Europe with the fallout as well. All pre-planned like a chessboard step by they will do this, that'll cause this, which will cause that, which will cause that, which will cause that. Uh, big agendas to get fulfilled. Mm-mm-mm. So yeah, you, you have to hold these people to to a trial for, for crimes against humanity. And the COVID thing, the, how many folk have died already, they know this is monstrous. Even the who's getting edgy about it, WHO. And trying to, well, oh, we shouldn't have lockdowns because they know that they're going to be, <laughs> they're going to be up there in the dock as well. They all know it. Huh? They know it, and that they've lost all credibility, all credibility. 
And that's where, as I say, that the main characters in the front, like the Moderna and the, Fa- the Fauci's and so on, these guys literally become more vicious because they've got everything to lose, including their own freedom. I think they get arrested for what they've been doing, yeah. Complicit in this. And all those guys at the World Economic Forum, same thing. With their massive civil services, it's like a, it's like a nation, like a massive country, and training programs to train future leaders, to grab them as children, train them, to present them to you as future leaders, just appearing out the blue. Ah, enough, 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 eh? Enough of this. So don't forget, you know, it always gets worse. They always say it's darkest before the, 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 the light, you know. That's the darkest part of the, the night before the dawn. That's where it gets more vicious when they're getting called out and recognized. They, they've got no option now, you see, for the damage they've done. Deliberate destruction of the world's economy to turn you into groveling slaves eventually. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go through some articles here that some of them are really telling in, in themselves, you know. And uh, what was he from Helena Handbasket? Some folk think that it's a Greek handbasket maker, you know, but it's not that at all, no. And uh, I know who Helena Handbasket is. But it's, again, it's uh, to do with the Irish news to an extent as well. But I mean, we're all connected now with the same agenda across the planet. So, And we all end up in hell in a handbasket too, in bits and pieces. And he gives a story of taking his American wife to the small village of St. Cyrus on the east coast of Scotland, close to Montrose. It was there that we located the now derelict cam of Mathers, Mathers being my wife's ancestral family name. And he gives a story of this castle constructed due to the strained relations between David Barclay and Sir John James Melville of Glen Bervie and Sheriff of uh, Mearns. David and his uncle became frustrated with the actions of the sheriff and made an angry appeal to the king whilst he lodged at Red Castle. The monarch was allegedly somewhat exasperated by the repeated complaints. He may or may not have said for all he cared they could go and make soup of the sheriff and sup him, you see. And the complainants took this literally and prepared a large cauldron in a gully near the side of the later castle. They invited the sheriff to a hunt, but then turned on him and threw him in the cauldron, boiling the unfortunate individual alive. They then allegedly duly supped him, I mean drunk him soup. The king declared David and his uncles outlaws for their actions, meaning any man had the right to kill them without consequence. Accordingly, David Barclay built the, the came of Mathers to serve as a secure residence. As you. So you had to, um, uh, that's how it used to be actually. And I know they did do awful things in those days too, you know. As I've said before, they often call it the Dark Ages and even the Middle Ages is much later on too, the Middle Ages, but the Dark Ages weren't dark at all. There's lots of histories came down through time. From places in Scotland and so on, we have the we have the amazing Lord of the Isles that literally ran uh, Scotland, a good part of England and Norway. What was what was Norway or the Scandinavian countries too? 
before that as well. So we know the different things that happened. In fact, it's one of the main Viking ones. And it, and it didn't matter. They, sometimes it would be one that was born in, say, the Norway or Sweden. They would, they would, they would fill the, 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 the throne because they're all related. Or ones that were born in Scotland would fill the throne. And it was a, an empire, in a sense, of these people. I know that one of them, when it was an island in Scotland, off the, in the north of Scotland, uh, one of the Orkney ones, I think, and there is an awfully good documentary put out years ago on this, this little island where monks had set up their monastery there in the Middle Ages, and the, uh, their main crop that they grew there was barley, you know. And one of the, the lords, the, the Viking lords from Norway, they used to raid all over the place. They loved to raid, you know, they got bored awfully quickly over Norway and they'd do these raids. And But he, he left them alone there because he used them for the barley. He Because he, he, he could make his, his beer out of it, his, his booze. So they got a, a pass. They, they were never raided and killed and slaughtered. And uh, they had a good working relationship with uh, this guy, with this particular Viking lord. <laughs> All these little things that you get told, it's just it's amazing to, if you go to the islands, never see them, these places, because uh, now it's actually monks returned to the place and restored this old monastery. And from all over the world, these guys, they're, they're kind of hermits to an extent. And it's a hard life. It's not an easy life. And But they, they've decided in, the, in that life and the spiritual world as opposed to the, the commercialized materialistic system that most folk adapt into and get destroyed by because you'll lose your soul in it too, there's no doubt about it. But anyway, that's the kind of story you get there, and it's given the story about what happened there. And um, it says the alleged, it's interesting, it says the alleged arrest of men accused of attempting to kidnap Governor Whitmer in the U.S. state of Michigan, who has implemented one of the harshest lockdown regimes in the U.S. under the guise of a deadly virus, which has been proven to be anything but reminded me of the story of my wife's ancestry when I read another article related to the alleged kidnapping, maps in the papers too, of Whitmer. I guess the rest of some people who supposedly were talking about kidnapping was suggested, and I think this is more likely scenario, that these individuals were attempting a citizen's arrest for crimes committed against the people of Michigan by the aforementioned tyrannical Whitmer. They'd also supposedly planned to do likewise to the governor of Virginia, for similar criminal actions. In fact, a neighboring sheriff has supported that claim, and the sheriff said, well, it's just a charge, and they say a plot to kidnap. And you've got to remember that, are they trying to kidnap? Because a lot of people are angry with the governor and they want her arrested. So are they trying to arrest, or was it a kidnapping attempt? Because you can still, in Michigan, if it's a felony, you can make a felony arrest. It's a citizen's arrest for a felony, you see, committed. And so it hasn't been really made clear what this whole thing is about. Huh? And so it brings to, to light the power of local law enforcement, clearly in collusion with the state apparatus, that citizens can no longer attempt a citizen's arrest without being charged with what amounts to a terrorist act. It's so true. You're supposed to be able to do a citizen's arrest. It again goes to show that individuals have no right to address the crimes of their elective officials, who don't forget are servants of the people, supposedly. <laughs> And as such are paid very well by them to carry out duties which are beneficial to the citizenry. That's how it used to be. 
at least in theory, these tyrannical governors have no rights to basically kidnap the whole population of the state and try to justify it with illegal stay-at-home diktats. That's true as well, isn't it? That is true. It would appear that kidnapping a population is fine if disguised under law, despite there being no law to justify such action, and it comes from the mouth of a puppet politician. But if the public decide that arresting a politician, which they have a right to do under the law, for acting tyrannically and holding the entire state population to ransom, as in, do as you're told and you might be allowed to come out of your homes, if I say so, then that's justifiable and legal. And he goes on to say, I sincerely hope that this is a sign of things to come and that more citizens take up the mantle of enforcing the law on their own behalf to arrest individuals, whoever they are, or what position of presumed power they feel they hold, and arrest such tyrants for the good of their fellow human beings who are clearly suffering abuse at the hands of a small coterie of criminals. And that's what I'm saying. You know, it's obvious that... To, that um, there's, there's way more folk who have woken up of this con here, uh, this, this incredible written in stone agenda on behalf of those who've decided that they, they've got a natural right, right to rule the world and do this to you. Huh? Absolutely. Mm-mm-mm. So I'll put this one up here from Helena Handbasket and how they used to slow boil people on behalf of the king at one point. It's like the brain seer. The brain seer was a, a real seer in Scotland. In Scotland, you, you definitely had people who have a, a, a gift, you know. And um, I don't know how, much, how good it is now, but I met some, actually. I met some of the, the seers, a, a famous one, too. And I had some abilities myself, you might say, but... There was a brain seer, and he was every clan used to have a, a, a give honor to any, not just a piper. They always had a, a champion piper who could, could literally play the history of the of the, the clan. <laughs> Folk don't know that it was written into music in extent, and some of them could sing it for hours and days on end. The whole history. That's how it used to be. But they also had a seer. And uh, a seer was someone you, you, you would ask for advice from, and he'd look into whatever he did and so on, his stone or whatever it was, and, and come up with these little insights. And no one laughed at them because they were often very true. And they weren't witches, they wouldn't put curses and spells on people, they just had the ability to have the, the sight and the gift. And the Brahan seer was a famous one, he was awfully accurate in what he saw and so on. But, but the clan, uh, it was like the chief had gone over to France on a business enterprise. And the, his wife, this is a, I think it was in the 1500s, and his wife kept waiting for him to come home. And letters were sent back by courier and so on. But uh, she said, what's, what's this stalling thing? It was like, it was like Bill Gates, you know, just another few months, another few months, same idea. And she eventually called to see her. The brains, and he went there, you know, and it was a trepidation too, because it's not a good thing when you know wives are getting involved now with and between the, the husband and the wife, especially when they've got that kind of power. She says, well, "What's he doing?" I says, "Oh, I don't know, you know ma'am. Tell him what he's doing, you know." And she threatened to do nasty things to him, having done to him, but she didn't tell him. So he did his little paraphernalia thing, and. Um, and have a look, see, and he could see, he says, well, he's with a woman, you know. 
and he, he described the woman and all the rest of it. And well, when the, when the chief came back, he uh, immediately was got assaulted by the wife and accused, and, and he couldn't deny it because she knew how he described. She could describe the the, the wife and never this woman he'd been with and all the rest of it. And, and I think they may even got the name, but. Um, what happened then from both of them? Because you know, you, this is a, you, you never get involved between man and wife, because they both turn on you eventually. You know, even though you didn't cause the upset, you went to please them. You see, and it's like you never go. If someone comes to you and say, "My spouse is so and so and so and so and so," never. You might just say, "Oh, uh huh." Mm-hmm. Don't say yes, no, or that's terrible, or whatever, because you when they get back to get you're the bad guy. A bit of wisdom there. So anyway, the poor brain seer now had an angry husband there, the clan chief, and his wife was mad and furious too because the, the bad news was broken. Even though she demanded that this is this is how crazy some of these folk are, she blamed the, the seer for giving her the bad news. See? So, so, so the husband um, decided to have him put in a barrel of tar and set in fire and roll down the hill and all that. And that's what they did with the guy. They did so. So what he did, the brain, he did actually curse him because he was, you're allowed to curse him if they're going to kill you, you see. And he said, he said, not one stone of your, your house will be left, left standing. He says, after, you, I think it was your, your third or fourth son was born or something, or something like that, or... Or generations, but but they were born, with, um, meaning that there's a form of retardation when the children deformed and so on. And that actually happened. <laughs> actually happened. And I remember uh, they were doing a documentary on them on television, live at the time. And uh, they had a, a, the cameras outside where the building was, eh? And there was only a few boulders around, there was about one or two stones left standing. And as they were giving the, the talk there, behind them, eventually a big truck pulled up and pulled away the last two standing stones there off the building. And they went through it too. And sure enough, the offspring of that guy had, had met the ends that the brains here had cursed him with. That's a true story. <laughs> but uh, that's just an off. That's all, all from uh, Helena Handbaskets thing that set me on that whole the whole roller coaster there. So there you go. The sheriff's kettle is on a slow boil for tyrants. Part of that's so true on the handbaskets one because that's how the elite act. They don't just give orders. They just give little assinuations of, of this has been a problem or that been a problem. And all those beneath them run into action to fix all these problems. That's how it's really done. That way the ones at the top would never take the can for anything legally, you see. That's how it works. So I'll put that one up there. And uh, another one, too, is the island of Ireland should unite against its common enemies, try to put all their past behind them and different uh, different groups and so on, because they're going under fast, too. And it says, Tyranny Episode 2 is on the way. That's part two of the COVID. That's what appears to be United Ireland in one respect, at least. And both parts of the island of Ireland are now moving lockstep and a drastic lockdown. The whole world is at the same time, isn't it? There's planning for you. Just to be perpetual, by the way. This one. And then it's, they talk about, um, as a further extension of social engineering exercise, using that, the island as a perfect environment to easily lock down, given that it can be easily isolated from the mainland Britain 
and internationally, simply by ensuring that no flights or ferries can enter either jurisdictions. It hasn't been suggested yet, but it's always going to be on the table. The border is an obvious problem for both countries, and it is virtually impossible to police, and therefore both states will carry out the same policies to ensure that it becomes an irrelevance. There would be no point in trying to escape one tyranny to enter another. That's from north to south, you see, and so on. This is, in fact, the CDC has, has uh, even admitted that they have never been able to find COVID-19. That, that is true. They give you nice drawings about it. And they say they can maybe find particles of broken down, dead viruses. That's how that, that whole PCR test about. I says, yes, but you, you read that correctly. They haven't been able to find it, isolate it, and therefore obviously diagnose anybody with it. They certainly can't claim to be racing at warp speed to find a vaccine for something they have no evidence even exists. And therefore, again, obviously no pathogen to work on a vaccine with. Hmm? And, uh, and it, the links are here, by the way, where the CDC says that they don't have the virus available to examine. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I mean, it's, it's from their own website. And I'll put these articles up. This is in this article, too. But, uh, again, they can go on and on with the facts. It really makes no difference. It's a big agenda. And folk can scream about the facts until the cows come home, until eventually the cows don't come home because they've banned all meat consumption. Uh, another article here is Food Shortage Simulation predicts 400% increase in food prices by 2030. And I'll put this one up as well. But the looming food crisis in the U.S., and the rest of the world. They want this to happen, by the way. This is back in 2015. 65 people showed up at the World Wildlife Fund's headquarters in Washington, D.C. These individuals were international policymakers, corporate businessmen, academics, and leaders, and thought their goal was to run a simulation of the world food crisis that would begin in 2020 and run to 2030. I'll put the article up before that one, actually, from them, from their own sites. There's a few of them actually putting up uh, the same articles. This is the press release of the event was published on the big ag corporation Cargill. I'll put that one up from their own website and revealed that the food shortage simulation in the decade between 2020 and 2030 would see two major food crises. During this time, prices would rise 400% of the long-term average. And the number of climate-related weather events, governments would be toppled in Ukraine and Pakistan, and famine would force refugees from Myanmar Chad, uh, Sudan, and Bangladesh. Does any of this sound familiar yet? That was 2015, remember. And they talked about taxes, such as a meat tax and for a carbon tax. And this this article has got them there too. And uh, as I say, the, the whole the whole the whole agenda for the climate change is is totally immersed in the. And this COVID lockdown, and again, the Club of Rome has said that too. I've given up their articles two months ago, where they were overjoyed at fulfilling all the climate agenda through the COVID, under the guise of the COVID. So I'll put this up too. How about the food prices? And also, um, and I might even put up the ones from the original sites too, such as those exercises on food security by Cargill and show you some of the characters that were at it too, by the way, that are familiar today, they're in charge of it. And this article too is about uh, beef and how they're 
They're closing down the meat plants. You know, they're testing them, you see. You keep, if you want to close any place down, any place down, just put in uh, a, a select group of people to test them. And they'll find particles of, of coronas. Because it's a normal thing in society, all the different coronaviruses, the stacks of them, even the common cold. Eh? And the PCR test doesn't actually identify the coronavirus 19. It only picks up particles of what they claim are particles of viruses. Not the, not the whole viruses, but particles. They could be always there, you know, dead particles. So it's a complete farce. So they can close a place down quickly. Oh, we've had so many cases today because we've tested 10,000 and found 5,000 or 7,000. That's because as you find them in, in, across society, especially this time of year, by the way, there's all kinds of uh, viruses going around that you don't even know you've had, just like the COVID. So they can close down the beef plants. So beef may be less prevalent on shelves as infection might easily spread in processing plants that are not set up for social distancing. There you go. It's it's quite amazing, isn't it? Jimmy, don't you get fed up with it all. Don't you get fed up. Because it's all planned this way, isn't it? It's all completely planned this way. No hope of normality until July. Head of Oxford vaccine team warns face masks and social distancing will be needed until next summer. Why bother having this person saying it, that's Andrew Pollard, when the heads of all countries are saying exactly the same thing, verbatim, just like robots. <laughs> but it's all coincidence, isn't it? Is it all a few months more, a few years more, and for the rest of your lives, you know? Yeah. Oxford vaccination trial team. Oh, dear, 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 Polar Day. If we end up with a vaccine that's effective in preventing the disease, that is by far the best way to control the virus. No, it's not. It's called herd immunity. If you let folk mix, then most folk will get it and be immune to it. What do you think from all these ones that said, oh, they've tested positive, more cases, more cases, didn't say they're sick, more ca- Well, test them again in a few weeks and what happens? They don't have it then. If you took their blood samples, they've got antibodies which they developed themselves. That's why they're not sick, folks. They don't stay cases anymore, you see. Do you understand? They're not cases anymore. What happened to them? They're now immune to them without the vaccine. Huh? Did you figure that one out? It's amazing the media doesn't tell you that obvious little bit there. Those folk all have immunity to it now. Or they would be sick and stay sick till they died. Hmm? <laughs> oh, with 10,000 more cases. Yeah, in a week's time there won't be cases, will be immune. Huh? <sighs> Facts don't matter though. And it's just a story. The Oxford University vaccine produced with drugs giants AstraZeneca is one of only nine to have reached phase three trials in the final stage before implementation and it's widely seen as a leading candidate to deliver. And uh, all folk are going to be, end up being multi-millionaires off this. There's no way they're going to back off. Yeah. It says here that earlier results have shown that the vaccine, listen, listen to this now, 
causes the body to make antibodies against COVID, and that these last for at least three months. Well, guess what? They said the same thing would happen if you developed your own immunity. And it might even be longer. <laughs> you understand they want to give you a vaccine every three months? You're getting the, you're getting the picture here. It says it's based on a genetically engineered type of coronavirus that gives chimpanzees a form of the common cold. Trials of the jab involve 20,000 volunteers in Britain and other countries being given either the vaccine or a harmless placebo. Do you realize, too, it's a genetically engineered type of virus, right? Coronavirus. It's not the one you'll find in the wild, supposedly, that they can't find but they've genetically engineered a virus that gives chimpanzees a form of the common cold. Well, that's not the coronavirus 19 then, is it? And so they're trying to say here, are they going to give you, they're going to make you immune to a chimpanzee cold virus? (laughs) Which they made in a lab. It seems to be, isn't it? And tests and volunteers given the jab April will soon show whether they last for six months. And the evidence so far in the lab is that the antibodies are able to stop the virus in its tracks, said Professor Pollard. Now, the other studies I'll get to eventually, if I've got time, show that um, they can't lose with the tests that they're actually doing because the tests only have to stop very mild symptoms like sniffing or whatever. And won't stop the actual severe effects of this virus. That's another article I'll touch on tonight. But these are the these are the these are the salesmen talking here. You know, they're going to make big big money. And it says Kate Bingham, head of the UK Vaccine Task Force, said there's only a slim chance that the Oxford jab could be ready by Christmas, and so on and so on. At least one person in the trial has become seriously ill. <laughs> There's only a few folk in it, actually, folks. Forget the two hundred, the 20,000 volunteers. They're actually using a study group much, much smaller. Actually. And again, that goes into other articles to find out that part. And what, by the way, once you get this vaccine jab, you have to be electronically monitored for years to come. I've got these articles, too. There's a whole agenda here, right? Eh? Agenda. Mm-mm-mm. Some folks have got neurological symptoms, it says, the side effects. Uh, I know other ones too became paralyzed. Eh? That's just, just little things like that. And um, so I'll put, this, I'll put this one up too. You know, These are the sales pitch articles here. And you definitely won't get much truth out of them on any negative feedback. In the sales pitch, there's too much to lose. Eh? And again, don't forget they can get can get sued for killing you or or crippling you. David Attenborough, the the, the big man, the big eugenicist who wants to curb the population eh, by curbing capitalism. He says curb excess capitalism to save nature back to austerity for you, not for him. He's important. He says excesses of Western countries should be curbed. To restore the natural world and we'll all be happier for it. So the veteran broadcaster said that the standard of living in wealthy nations is going to have to take a pause, he says. So there's another master telling you, he belongs to the right clubs, you know. And nature would flourish once again, he believes, when those that have a great deal perhaps have a little less. Speaking to Liz Bonin for BBC Radio 5 Live's new podcast, What Planet Are We On? 
Speaking personally and frankly, Sir David explained, we're going to have to live more economically than we do. And we can, we can do that. And I believe we will do it more happily, not less happily. Well, he'll be happy because he won't be cutting back on anything. And that the excesses of the capitalist system has brought us, has got to be curbed somehow. You know. Doesn't mean that capitalism is dead, he says. I'm not an economist, so I don't know. But I believe the nations of the world, ordinary people worldwide, are beginning to realize that greed does not actually lead to joy. So he's deciding for you how much you should really get. Eh? I would also say greed doesn't lead to joy, but poverty doesn't lead to either. Who are these characters that they elevate up to these to be spokespeople of how we should all live? Eh? Eugenicists, elitists is what they are, folks. And they've got all the royal family on board with it, like Prince Philip and Prince William. And so on, you know. And they're all on the same panels, the intergovernmental panel on climate change. Look to how the world would cope if temperatures rose by 1.5 centigrade by the end of this century. And all those terrible, terrible predictions that they had that just didn't pan out. Eh? Tell you. So now you're COVID and you have to better comply with you. Oh, this is an interesting one. Uh, <laughs> when Hillary Clinton was in the State Department, I mean, she and Madeleine Albright had a great time on, on the different uh, War Department uh, boards and so on, deciding what countries are going to take out. They really had a great time talking about it. I really mean that, too. Then Obama, I remember, too. Obama used to talk about he had the job of picking favorite targets for drone strikes in the morning. He'd pick his targets. He thought it was great. A national security reckoning, it says, and this is from the Council on Foreign Relations, eh? it's, uh, it's from the Foreign Affairs, eh? and uh, from their magazine. A national security reckoning, how Washington should think about power, it says, by Hillary Clinton. Ah, well, I can trust her, and uh, I feel better now already eh, that she's, she's going to hope, try to get back in there. They all are, actually, eh? And you can, you can tell by their faces, they love you all. They, they just love you, eh? And it says, a year marked by plague and protest, Americans are reckoning with long overdue questions about racial justice. Economic inequality will all be the same, poor shortly, very poor, and disparities in healthcare. What healthcare? Yeah. The current crisis should also prompt a reckoning about the U- U.S. national security priorities. Maybe you should tell the public what your priorities are because they haven't benefited from them for the last 40 years. This so is the country is dangerously unprepared for a range of threats, not just future pandemics, but also an escalating climate crisis. Oh my goodness, there's a climate as well as the COVID. All these things are just so, you know, it's like ghostly. You can't grab them or anything. Mm. And multidimensional challenges from China and Russia, multidimensional. <sighs> Its industrial and technological strength has atrophied, or as it's, or who's it? It's, it's industrial, it's, it's, its vital supply chains are vulnerable, its alliances are frayed, and its government is hollowed out. In the past, it sometimes has taken a dramatic shock. Pearl Harbor, Sputnik 9-11, to wake up the United States to a new threat and prompt a major pivot. 
the COVID-19 crisis should be big enough, Joe, to rouse the country from its deep sleep so it can summon its strength and meet the challenges ahead. So here's, here's what the con artists listing all the stuff I've been talking about, all the crises and cons that they did in the past. And she would tell you how you got to live and who you got to build up for war capabilities. And she likes wars and things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, again, she names the enemies, the same enemies that you know that America's there to get rid of, apparently. Um, it's Iran. Iran's a terrible country. Oh, my goodness. The great demon Iran, eh? Ah, again. Um, there you go. I'll tell you. I tell you, it's pretty sad, isn't it, that she's after the job again, back in the State Department. I'll also put up uh, this article here. This is the Guardian newspaper. It was bought over again, apparently, a few years back and completely changed. It used, it used to be pretty decent, but but now it's just a big mouthpiece for the establishment. YouTube bans misinformation about COVID vaccinations. Any claims about COVID vaccinations that contradict the WHO will be removed, says YouTube. There's democracy in action. There's freedom. The new freedom, as George Bush Jr. called it, the new freedom. Eh? So YouTube has banned misinformation. Just days after Facebook took similar action on its own platform, the company says that the fact that such a vaccine might be imminent makes it the right time to take action and expand its pre-existing policies against COVID-19 medical misinformation. Its pre-existing policies. Eh? Mm. A COVID-19 vaccine may be meant. So we're ensuring we have the right policies in place to be able to remove misinformation related to COVID-19 vaccine from the planet. They keep saying the same things over and over. Eh? Any con- so it's their opinion. Any contact content that includes claims about COVID-19 vaccinations that contradict expert consensus from local health authorities or the World Health Organization will be removed from YouTube. But I use this stuff from the WHO and from health experts and authorities. So it doesn't matter. Even if you use their stuff, (laughs) when they contradict themselves, you get banned. eh? This is an agenda, folks. A non a non democratic agenda. Hmm. Examples of now banned claims, right? Now banned claims include false allegations that the vaccine could kill people or cause infertility. Well, why have the governments and I put up the links from the government's websites, Canada, States and Britain, why have they all given blanket immunity? for any damage or illness or disease or death they cause by the vaccine. Why would they give that out and give them blanket, blanket immunity from being sued if it's so safe? Huh? So I'll say again from their side, examples of now banned claims include false argument that the vaccine would kill people. Wait, if it's not going to kill people, why would you have to give blanket immunity for those that give the vaccines to people for anything that happens? It says, or claim that the vaccine would in some way implant microchips in recipients. Okay. Are you getting the picture here? So, so that's wrong, right? Obviously wrong. Um, it's a safe vaccine. 
that, so it, it really don't need to give blanket immunity for if it causes any death or injury to people, right? It's just a coincidence that they've given the blanket immunity. And they're going to ban anybody that talks about the fact that um, it's got some way implant microchips in the recipients, isn't it? Well, isn't that coincidental? Because here, right, here, you have one, this other article by Major General John Sullivan, and a whole bunch of Major Generals and stuff in here, actually. <laughs> and this is to do with uh, Profusa, Profusa. It's called Profusa Lumi Sensor System. It consists of a special hydrogel and an emitting device. Together, the two can detect and transmit data on subtle changes in the body, including potentially infection from disease and viruses like coronavirus. Profusa, right? If it wins the, the FDA, the Federal Drug Association Agency approval next year, the two-part sensor could help spot new infections a week before symptoms begin to show. Right? It's a military-funded biosensor. This is from Science and Tech. By the way, DARPA is in, in bed with them. <laughs> but this is, this is from May, this article here. From Biowarfare and Technology. This, this magazine buys one of the biggest magazines for the military and the U.S. government. It caters to, to them and warfare and so on. So it says, why are pandemics so hard to stop? Often it's because the disease moves faster than people can be tested for it. The Defense Department is helping to find a new study to, to determine whether an under-the-skin biosensor can help trackers keep up by detecting flu-like infections even before their symptoms begin to show. This maker, Profusa, says the sensor is on track to try for FDA approval by early next year. The sensor has two parts. One is a three-millimeter string of hydrogel material whose network of polymer chains is used in some contact lenses and other implants inserted under the skin with a syringe. I hope the Guardian's listening. And the string includes a specifically, a specially engineered molecule that sends a fluorescent signal outside the body when the body begins to fight an infection. The other part is an electronic component attached to the skin, sends light through the skin, detects the fluorescent signal, and generates another signal that the wearer can send to a doctor, website, etc. It's like a blood lab on the skin. This is the PR part, eh? a blood lab on the skin that can pick up the body's response to illness before the presence of other symptoms like coughing. The next one comes as the United States grapples with COVID-19, blah, 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 blah. And it says, the military is taking a leading role in, a vac in vaccine research. Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman General Mark Milley told reporters at the Pentagon on Monday, our military research labs are working feverishly around the horn here to try to come up with a vaccine. So we'll see how that develops over the next couple of months. Milley said U.S. troops themselves are also at risk, and U.S. soldiers in South Korea became the first U.S. service members to contract the virus. And uh, Profusa's newest funded a study which the company announced on Tuesday will test how well the sensor can detect influenza outbreaks up to three weeks before it's possible to detect them using current methods. Hwang said his company has received grants from the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Listen, listen, Guardian newspaper. It's DARPA, right? 
Defence Advanced Research Projects Agency is, is funding this project that, that doesn't exist, you're claiming. Fake news. Since around 2011, it's been doing this. Uh, they, they grant us, they give us grant money to help research. And as we prove at a certain milestone, as we de-risk the technology, they, uh, they give us a second phase and a third phase and provide support, he said. Hwang said DARPA is helping the company reach out to other outfits within the Defence Department that might use the, the defense on the device on troops or service members. That could include partnerships via Special Operations Command or Indo-Pacific Command. So I'll put to this, this terrible, terrible, sacrilegious, uh, non-existent, false uh, DARPA information from DARPA <laughs> um, up tonight, too, for those that want to look it up. I'll get banned for putting up what it says. Another one, too, is William Hazeltine, former Harvard Medical School professor, founder of the university's cancer and HIV AIDS research departments. He serves as the chair and president of the think tank Access Health International. In response to widespread demand for more transparency, pharmaceutical companies Moderna and Pfizer have released clinical study protocols for their COVID-19 vaccine trials. The goal is to reassure the public that the trials are being conducted responsibly. Well, how can it be when you're cutting short any possible uh, testing like this? It's supposed to take years. It says in both the Moderna and Pfizer trials, for example, the primary object is to prevent any occurrence of COVID-19, not necessarily a severe case. Preventing serious illness is a secondary objective. You're understanding? Preventing serious illness is a secondary objective. Yet it is the severe cases of COVID-19 that have killed nearly a million people worldwide. We don't even know if that's true. That died with it or because of it. Big difference. This has left many millions with, with long-term damage. Really. With the current protocols, it's conceivable that a vaccine might be considered effective and eventually approved based primarily on its ability to prevent mild cases alone, like sniffles. Or is it any good? To give you a new RNA-type vaccine, mRNA vaccine, it's going to alter the DNA makeup of your epithelial tissue permanently on something that might prevent a mild case or a mild sniffle. It says if we were developing a vaccine for a simple cold virus, perhaps this would indeed be enough. But they, I mean, they can't even cure the cold here, Brent. But COVID-19 is far from a common cold. People are not concerned about a tickle in their throat or a runny nose. They're concerned about being put in the hospital. A COVID-19 vaccine should first and foremost protect us from severe instances of the disease. Then he goes on about the, the troubling size of the group for each vaccine. And it, it gives you the big numbers that they always give you. Oh, there are up to 30,000 participants slated for each test. But while the full trial sizes might be large, the protocol suggests that efficacy can be proved in an initial test group of just 106 people. From, from Moderna and a group of 64 people for Pfizer. And only half of each gets the vaccine or gets a placebo. It's way too small. That's what the links here too. I tell you what I'm talking about. That's from the Washington Post. Eh? So I'll put that one up as well. Another one too is a YouTube. And it's cracked teeth and other COVID vaccine side effects that have come out from some of the people 
who've uh, got the vaccines that were in test studies and so on. I'll put that up for those who want to look at it. And um, that's quite interesting to how the trials seem to be rather farcical. And the same guy, William Hazeltine, right, uh, who's a PhD, chair, president of the Global Health Think Tank, Access Health International, author of numerous books. And uh, he's already got a book out on COVID, naturally. You know, they just, just churn them out, ghostwriters again. A family guide to COVID-19 and so on. So he's one of the stars they put out in front of you to believe in, mind you, too. And he goes, on, he says, can we contain COVID-19 without a vaccine? Well, the world is waiting for a safe and effective 19, COVID-19 vaccine. There's a strategy that can potentially bring an end to pandemic in the U.S. without developing developing off pharmaceutical drugs. And it's talked about um, it's compatible with freedom and personal freedom, etc. It revolves around the distribution of rabid saliva based. So his whole thing is just get lots of test kits out there. Do you understand? This is forever. Don't you get tested every day for the rest of your lives for this rubbish? Under the guise that maybe your immune system or even the vaccination won't last about three months. Well, we'll live with a common cold. We'll live with the flu. Are you starting to get the picture? This This is much bigger than they're telling you here. We are a business for all these companies that make all these tests and advocates and so on, eh? And the PCR tests, you know, polymerase chain reaction tests, are, are pretty well useless. He, he even says, this guy, oh, it can, it can have detect even trace amounts of the virus. No, it can trace, detect trace amounts of any kind of type of virus pretty well. And if you get trace amounts of, of bits of viruses, doesn't mean you've got the disease. Or ill with it either, for that matter. Rubbish. Completely... And there's no point in arguing that because all the data is out on it. And again, getting back to the one on, on Dr. Conley, he's a military doctor. Can he say no to the president? Uh, and there was what to do. He's a, against Trump's uh, doctor. Eh? And you can read the article, but the, the main part is, as I mentioned earlier in the talk, and it says, a military doctor would still be at risk of losing his license were he or she to administer a treatment to a president that he knew to be harmful, but exceeded to provide because he is in uniform, the commander-in-chief is ordered, he says. But he also says um, that the president, it says, like any other uh, citizen, has a right to refuse anything that's going to be put into his body. Remember that part when when they come for you. <laughs> huh? That's in the article here. And I'll put that up there too. It's up to the. That's the Nuremberg trials that came out too, the, or, the, or the codes for drugs and, and pharmaceutical. They couldn't just use what they wanted to on you for any reason at all. It's up to you to say yes or no. They can't experiment on you. Interim Framework for COVID-19 Vaccine Allocation and Distribution in the United States. This is an important one here. Again, Johns Hopkins and Bloomberg School of Public Health. It's amazing how the same characters, these benevolent you know, philanthropists, just took the world over. Eh? Like, like Weishaupt said they would, philanthropy <laughs> it would take over the world. Uh, and by first helping folk, you see, you know, 
then you get more power, and then you dictate to people, and then you dictate to governments, and there you go. So again, they've got the Institutes for Bioethics, this new thing, who should live and die, who should get treatment, who shouldn't get treatment, yada yada, all trained by university system, right? I'll put this one up for those who want to plow through. It's a PDF. And well-being and promoting the common good, all that rubbish, eh? To satisfy the ones that tell you to go into austerity. And that poverty is good for you, you know. You, you could be happy if you just keep practicing yours and your own. I am happy. I am happy. A stale piece of bread is as good as a good juicy steak. And just keep saying it over and over. The mind control we're under is phenomenal, folks. Shoved out by professionals that think they've got the right to dictate to us bioethics. Huh? I'll put this, this massive piece of propaganda up here, this PDF, and uh, add it to all the other PDFs that are out there too. Vaccine allocation and distribution in the United States. The framework's all built up already just by pure coincidence. Australian media finally calls out Davos' Great Reset Agenda. And Sky News Australia contributor and former Australian Senator Corey Bernardi tore open the debate on COVID-19 after calling out a globalist agenda with few, which few in mainstream media have dared to mention so far. And well, good luck to him. It says, Bernardi believes the COVID-19 pandemic hysteria is being used as the Trojan horse for a globalist agenda hatched out of the World Economic Forum in Davos. Well, it is, they actually say it themselves. It's called the Great Reset. And it's designed by the elite billionaires, supposedly, billionaires to supposedly bring about social and economic change. In other words, they're creating their own system. He says, medical experts now acknowledge that lockdowns don't work. Even the WHO, I'll put the articles up from the WHO the night in case the, the Guardian says it's poo-poo, you know. It says they don't work, lockdown. Now, none of that makes any sense until you open your mind to consider if there's another agenda at work. Thank goodness the word's getting, the word's getting around, eh? The real agenda, eh? And this is what Schwab said, eh, from the... World Economic Forum, the guy who's really against, uh, all for this whole agenda here. Now is a historical moment of time not only to fight the virus, but to shape the system for the post-corona era, claims Schwab. And he says, Mr. Schwab admits that COVID is a new excuse to usher in the Green New Deal that climate alarmists, profiteers and big governments have been pushing for years. Well, I've been saying the same stuff for long before that. So there you go. I'll put this article up too. Another one too is um, another one is safety and immuno immunogenicity of SARS-CoV-2 mRNA-1273 vaccine in older adults. It's an interesting article actually for nerds and so on from the New England Journal of Medicine. One of these conspiracy sites, you know. And it says, um, so it's doing the, the, the trials uh, of the vaccine, older adults and so on. And it goes into the fact that, that see, generally what they do with, with older folk, what they'll do is uh, they'll pump in extra adjuvants in 
at the site of injection. They want the blood to really flow there and get, get an inflammation going to make the blood flow and to bring different um, um, cells there that, that recognize an infection or whatever. And, and out of that, supposedly, your, your body eventually creates anti- antibodies to that infection. That's the idea behind the adjuvant, see? And because <clears throat> older folk, like young folk, don't have, to have a lowered immune system, like the very young children have a lowered immune system, it hasn't developed in yet. With older folk, it's developed, but now it's dying off. Well, you find that uh, with older folk, they, they give you extra adjuvant. Isn't that crazy? You're prone to, to suffer from, from adjuvant, so give them extra adjuvants to t- try to... Try to Beat and torture the body into developing antibodies. Isn't that how it's really supposed to work, you see? But they've found if they lower adjuvants in older folk this time with the particular vaccines they're giving, and, and to, to get any response at all, uh, so uh, they had to lower the, the, um, what they were giving them here. It's quite an interesting thing. The travels expanded include 40 older adults who were stratified according to age 56 to 7 years or 71 years. All the participants were assigned sequentially to receive two doses of either 25 micrograms or 100 micrograms of vaccine, vaccine administered 28 days apart. And they found out that um, most of the folk had moderate uh, side effects, right? And most frequently included fatigue, chills, headache, Myalgia, that's great, and pain at injection site. Remember, do no harm is the first law. Eh? Such adverse events were dose-dependent or more common after the second immunization. Actually, some of, the, I mean, them are, some of the folk who had it were tested last week. Some of them said that, that you have to take time off work after the second immunization because you, you feel so sick. Back to this article, it says, Binding antibody response increased rapidly after the first immunization. And by day 57, among the participants who received the 25 microgram dose, an anti-S2P geometric mean theta GMT, and it gives you the, the number here, among those between the age of 56 and 70, I said, amongst those who were certain ones of age or older, among those participants who received the 100 microgram doses, the GMT, and the two age subgroups was, and it gave the numbers too, respectively. After the second immunization, serum neutralizing activity was detected in all the participants by multiple methods. This is the conclusions here of, of the results involving older adults. Adverse events associated with mRNA-1273 vaccine were mainly mild or moderate. The 100 microgram dose induced higher binding and neutralizing antibody teachers than the 25 microgram, microgram dose, which supports use of 100 microgram dose in phase 3 vaccine trial. And so that they lower, that they actually lower, uh, basically, the, the size of the dose is supposed to increase it for older folk for the first time, because it's a different kind of vaccine, see? And also give you uh, young folk too who are getting the same kind of testing. And they can give them up to 250 micrograms. And they give you the assessment of antibody responses too. And uh, mind you, it doesn't mean much until you hit a real coronavirus after the shots. That's in the wild, as they call it, and see what happens to you then. 
another one here is uh, everything that has happened was meant to happen by Dr. Vernon Coleman. Oh, it's a little video. I'll put that up too. And as I say, he's kind of woken up in the last little while about this. He was an author of novels. and He's basically going into Agenda 21 that I was talking about for the last 25 years. And now we're following the whole darn thing into austerity, etc. You know. And so he's kind of woken up and he's... He's talking about the stuff I came out with New Normals years ago, and he's using all these things. So it's interesting. Good he's doing it. And more, we need more folk, too. And more folk are jumping on the bandwagon, bandwagon when they realize that what they're being told doesn't match their observations. Yeah. Google and Oracle are to monitor Americans who get warp speeds COVID-19 vaccine for up to two years. Actually, it's to be longer than that because they don't know how it's going to affect you in 10 years' time, by the way. They're altering your DNA makeup. Some of their PR publications, actually, it's going to turn your body into its own medicine um, uh, factory. That's why they're pushing all this stuff. Yeah, you'll start to make things to prevent things happening. (laughs) So this... um, So a pharmacological... Uh, vigilance and pharmacovigilance are calling it surveillance systems. This Operation Warp Speed system and how you're going to be monitored for years now if you get it. This, you're a huge business, you see. It's all, it's all part of DARPA, too. It's in addition, uh, uh, Monsef Slao and OWS's vaccine coordinator, Matt Hepburn, formerly program manager at the Pentagon's, con- <laughs> Pentagon's controversial defense advanced research project. Agency DARPA had previously previously published an article for the New England Journal of Medicine, and I've mentioned that too. They state that because some technologies have limited previous data on safety in humans, the long-term safety of these vaccines will be carefully assessed during pharmacovigilance surveillance strategies, meaning permanent monitoring. Use of pharmacological vigilance on those who receive the vaccines is also mentioned in the official warp speed. Infographic. I've got the links here too, I'll put them all up. They're in the article from DARPA, which states that monitoring will be done in cooperation with the Food and Drug Administration and the Centre for Disease Control and Protection. And will involve 24 months post-trial monitoring for adverse effects. Whatever happens after that, I guess, won't be, if folks start dying off, it just won't go down after that period eh? And the CDC document also references a document published in August by the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security associated with Event 201 and Dark Winter simulations as informing as COVID-19 vaccination strategy. And it says the passive monitoring system and reporting system managed by the CDC and the FDA should be retooled to create an active safety surveillance system directed by the CDC that monitors all COVID-19 vaccine recipients, perhaps by short message service or other electronic mechanisms. So, yeah, you've got DARPA and them all involved here, folks. And, uh, and it says more secret contracts. Uh, well, Mon, Monsef, Slow and Warp Speed documents provides few details regarding what this tracking system would entail. Slow did note in his recent interview with the Wall Street Journal that tech giants Google and Oracle have been contracted to collect and track vaccine data as part of the system. And it mentions a lot of it's secret too, so... 
And uh, you could spend your life on this already. You understand that this, this is like massive governmental departments, it's supra agencies and, and agencies that have been contracted. They're private agencies, a lot of them, on board with this. It's like they're, they're bigger than your civil service, pretty well, uh, managing all of this stuff. That, that's why they've, they've, they've actually used private agencies for so much of this. Then you can't really sue them, they'll say. That's the legality behind it. And the other articles I mentioned, too, is from Government Executive, an American media publication based in Washington, D.C. covers daily government business. The reporting is tailored to civilian post uh, federal bureaucrats and military officials who partake in the day-to-day public policy in the United States. And they're part of uh, Atlantic Media Group. And by, I tell you, they're really on board with all of this, this, this group. And uh, they, they also own Defense One, covering emergency national security issues and so on for the military. And, and as C2FO have adapted into post 9-11, eh? And the loss of privacy. Seven countries are now calling for access to your private messages now, too. They want an end to end, they want to end any apps that have end to end encryption. And folk will adapt into it. Might as well have adapted to everything else, eh? The Great Barrington Declaration, you've probably heard of it, two infectious disease epidemiologists, public health scientists, they put out this declaration. And uh, the problem is they're, they're, they're the head professors at some of these universities that are on board with this whole agenda. And I think it's a, a strategy to put you at ease. Think, well, you've got some friends in high places, maybe, you know, they might speak for you and they want you to sign on to it. But when you sign on to it, you're realizing you're agreeing to a lot of things like the number one, the virus is real. <laughs> uh, the virus is pretty well deadly, and uh, and the, the need you need a vaccine. I think you work towards a vaccine and so on. When you go through what you're asked to comply to, which most folk won't even look, look at, you're, you're agreeing to the whole agenda, folks. You know, with a with a more kindly, um, sympathetic face. That's all. Think about it. And, and that's what you're you're looking at too. So they do mention, which we do know. You see, that's what makes me wonder about it because there 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 are few that are admitting the fact you can get herd immunity if you're allowed to reach herd immunity by mixing together, not getting locked up and separated for the first time in history to get herd immunity. This is why they, this is why they don't want herd immunity by natural means. They're a pre-planned goal for vaccination and to change the world and the way you live. It's an excuse. They also want, to, uh, again, frequent PCR testing, you see, and so on. So Dr. Martin Kuldorf, professor of medicine, Harvard University, biostatistician and epidemiologist and so on, and Dr. Sunetra Gupta, professor of Oxford University, and Dr. J. Bhattacharya, Professor at Stanford University Medical School. So when these characters come out with with the agenda, you know, the, with a, a more sympathetic face to the public, I'm very, 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 very wary, folks, because we've been conned so much, and you have all these psychological operations on the go to get folk to conform. But look at what they want you to sign on to, and you're acknowledging the whole darn thing. Huh? This other article too. When you look at it too, I mean, really, uh, that Great Barrington, it sounds awfully good, eh? The first, you have to accept that there's a, a legitimate global health emergency. Is there really? 
and using PCR as diagnostic test for COVID is valid. It's not valid. The professionals say that. We should seek to constrain targeted groups of healthy people, which is focused protection. Should we? This is what you're signing on to. Uh, that's acceptable to social isolate elders, including from family members, and advancing the current childhood vaccination programs as a priority. And also, um, things that they haven't gone into is, is, is the, the, the contact tracing and civil liberties getting lost and so on. And the biosensors, right, RNA vaccine platforms and biosensors should be opposed. None of this is mentioned in it, the important stuff. So, so be very careful, folks. You know, they're not your friends at the top, and, and these characters know <laughs> they're all on the, the very fact they're not getting slammed or fired like many have before them. Um, makes me wonder what they're really out there for. Uh, I tell you, that's the world in which you live, and also, uh, tier two and three lockdown rules explained in Britain, right? This is amazing stuff. Yeah. I says, I'm in tier two. Can I have my friends over this weekend? In places that we're moving to tier two from midnight tonight, you can currently have pals within a group of six over from in, for an indoor gathering. But as soon as the clock hits midnight, you will no longer be allowed to be indoors together unless you live in the same household or support bubbles. They call them support bubbles. You know the terminology, it's neologisms there. Eh? Image you can have uh, friends over for dinner tonight. Adopting the rule for six, but you will only be able to socialize as a group outside from Saturday. Can you believe this? Can I travel from tier two lockdown area to tier one area to see friends or family? You can, but you have to follow the tour, the rules for tier two, and still only see people who have lived outside your household or support bubble in a garden, park, or outdoors. You cannot stay overnight with friends and family in a tier one area or gather inside with them. Can you believe that people are following this rubbish? Basically, you should adopt the rules of your tier depending on where you live. If you travel from tier one to tier two or three, you should adopt the tougher rules. Can you believe this rubbish? Can my friends from Liverpool or Lancashire come and visit me? No. Anyone living in Liverpool at the minute is under the strictest rules and is unable to mix with other households, both indoors and outdoors. You can still meet outdoors in a group <laughs> of six in a few circumstances, such as, as in a park or a beach, public gardens, or outdoor sports uh, courts. I'm not, this is supposed to be serious stuff here, I'm reading it. Eh? Household mixing in beer gardens and ticketed venues is also banned. People should try to avoid travelling outside their tier three areas or into... This is a whole agenda 21 here. Eh? No travel. For essential things like work, education, accessing youth services, and for caring responsibility. Overnight stays are also not advised for people from Tier 3 or those living in Tier 3. So Lancashire is due to join Liverpool in a tougher Tier 3 lockdown from midnight tonight and will be under the same restrictions. So the definition of a support bubble is defined by the government. The government defines everything now, right? as a close support network between one household with only one adult in the home, known as a single adult household, and one other household of any size. Hmm. 
However, the rule of six applies to any tier, so if your support bubble contains more than six people, you should not meet all at once. It it reminds me of a Dad's Army episode about the Home Guard. It's a comedy in Britain. It's a comedy series, which at the time I ignored because I I wasn't interested in TV at all. But years and years later, I saw bits and pieces. It was really interesting because they had a lot of real... What your what parents, grandparents went through for a lot of people in the war were rationing and things like that. But so they have the dad's army to go on an exercise with a Scottish regiment, the Sea Force, I think it was, and maybe the major of the Sea Force of group uh, comes to see Mannering and the boys, and he says, "He says, of course, of course, above paint for for the exercise." And he starts to explain what the coloured paints are for. One, he says, white is for for wounded. And and it says yellow is for for for, for dead and 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 red is is for is for um, something else you know. So then Jonesy the, the corporal starts to explain it during exercise. No, red for dead and, and yellow for, yellow for something. And they're completely utterly confused with the whole thing because it was so ridiculous. And that's how these things were. In these these military exercises often ridiculous. But this is what this reminds me of. You know the ab- absurdity. Absurdity, all about absurdity. Can I still see my partner and have sex? If you live together and, and are in tier two, you can still see each other outside, but but number 10 confirmed you cannot have sex or have physical contact. But if one of you lives alone, you can form a support bubble, in which case you can be as close as you like. So you have to form a support bubble. I want to get a license for support bubbles. And so on, right? I just astonish you. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Support bubbles. Eh? Can I still have a plumber around to fix my boiler? I thought you were going to say fix my bubble. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was leaking. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone's such fun. This is what they're, te- they're they're teaching you to live in insanity. And if you comply, you become insane. It's like children. Remember this back in the nineties, giving a talk on children who were found, who'd been brought up in a house like prisoners, like raised like prisoners, in a room, and they could hardly speak and so on. But when they got them out of there, eventually, when they found out they'd been kept like that up to the age of maybe nine or ten, they, they, they wherever, even if they put them outside, they kept walking in circles. That's what happens to you when you when you have to comply with with madness. You become mad and conditioned into madness. I hope you understand this is total warfare on the public, on sanity. Another one. So during all of this too, migrants, eh? They're coming every day in Britain and they get these boats. I wonder perhaps these boats, you actually see some of these boats and they're, 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 they're in the harbours in Britain and the coastline. Do they get them back? Hoover supplies them all? Is it, is it you know who, the same character and who's supplying a lot of these things to the refugees and gives them new identification cards and new cell phones and stuff and lists off all the different laws so they can go and claim money and all that kind of stuff. And migrants halt a live fire army exercise, live firing, after landing on Kent Beach being used as a firing range. So they, they just came around with a boat when this exercise was going on. And so they had to stop it all. There you go. And the, and the photographs they showed you in the, in the papers, they showed you um, some of these boats, look brand new little boats they come in and all 
funded and all that. None of them looked poor to me. And some of the articles about, oh, they're probably escaping from places where they're under fire. No, they weren't. They can look at these characters and they don't belong to any of the, the present danger zone areas. And they look well fed and healthy, actually, healthier than the people in Britain. So, uh, so there you go. Facts only matter, eh? And again, another article from the, the military uh, science and tech group, eh? That I mentioned already. Uh, it says, if it were, wins FDA approval next year, the two-part sensor could help spot new infections weeks before symptoms begin to show. And that's the, the big, uh, about Profusa again, eh? Working with DARPA. I'll put these ones up for those before it's banned, because they're banning you for putting up stuff which they publish, you know, are actually published by the people themselves, because it doesn't fit in with the agenda. You're not supposed to think about these things, just, or even look at these articles yourself. Why would you be looking at these articles? Eh? You, you know. And Moderna raised over 600 million Thursday Biotech's largest initial public offering to date. This is this article here. Um, it was in Bloomberg. And uh, it's 2018, uh, 2018, December the 7th. Five things to know about the largest biotech to IPO. Moderna. So it raised all that money, right? And it sold 26.3 million shares back then. At a midpoint, the projected range of 22 to 24 dollars a share. And um, uh, it says Moderna listed 10 underwriters on its filing, led by Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, and J.P. Morgan. The Cambridge, Massachusetts-based company has bet on the premise of molecules called messenger RNA or mRNA and their potential to prompt the human body to make its own medicine. This is before COVID came out, remember? It's like sitting waiting in the wings, folks. I hadn't made anything up until COVID. Eh? So Moderna mRNA, uh, plus 3.16%, has raised more than $2.6 billion through partnerships and investments since its inception in 2009. Despite the boom in biotech IPOs over the years, the company remained private for years until now. Okay? I was just sitting waiting, isn't it? Mm-mm-mm. I think it was the science behind the pipeline. Moderna calls it mRNA, the software of life. Isn't that a great PR push? Cells use mRNA to translate the DNA. This is for your body. Into the proteins the body uses to function. Moderna believes it can use mRNA to spur the body to produce its own therapeutic proteins, essentially putting a drug factory inside the patient. Is that what you want, a little drug factory? As one might guess, it's not an easy task. Moderna scientists have a big job ahead of them. For each potential drug, they need to figure out how to safely get the mRNA therapy into the appropriate cells. Make sure the mRNA actually yields sufficient amounts of protein to have a therapeutic effect and ensure the therapies won't trigger an immune reaction in patients. You see, that's, an auto- that's when you get the cytokine storm where it kills you, when you hit a real virus eh? after getting the vaccination. It says, years away from a marketable product, 2018, right, the company's drug development program ran the gamut of clinical specialties spanning infectious disease, oncology, cardiovascular disease, and rare genetic diseases. So they tried everything, right? 
and said, back then a 21 mRNA based drugs in the pipeline, but only 10 in clinical trials. So I wonder what happened to all the test people. I mean, they've been using it on animals, who knows? As the company noted in its most recent securities fact, no mRNA based drug has ever been approved by the FDA or any other regular agency, so it will be years before Moderna will be able to bring anything to market. Well, bingo, they got the COVID-19, eh? eh? That's just coincidence. It's the same coincidence. We need, as a PNAC group, we need a Pearl Harbor event to get this list of countries demolished. And 9-11 happened, bingo. It's the same coincidence, eh? So the article in 2018 says, it says, it noted in its most recent fact, no mRNA-based drug has ever been approved by the FDA, nor any other regulatory agency. So it'll be years before Moderna will be able to drug anything to market. Well, there you go. They're just lucky. Eh? <laughs> and executives make a pretty penny. They disclosed the compensation of the three highest-paid executive officers, who made a combined $40 million in cash and stock in 2017. Stephen Hogue, the company's president received $19 million in options, and a f- one of the get now, eh? Ooh. and 4.4 million cash bonuses. And uh, Lawrence Kim, Moderna's CFO, receives 5.5 million in stock and a 1 million cash bonus. And Chief Executive Stephanie Bansell received $4.6 million in options and 1.5 million. I bet that's way, way up now, eh? Mm-hmm. I tell you. I tell you. So there you go. That's from the horses' mouths. Eh? But facts don't matter. When there's big agendas at work, eh? And from the sun, too. Oxford University head, or vaccine head, right? Have you ever seen a, a talking vaccine head? Oxford vaccine head says. <laughs> UK has no hope of normality until July. So this is a step. Ah, give a few years. Ah, another few years. Eh? So with face masks and social distancing until next summer, you know, it's forever, folks. It's forever. And again, there's no hope of returning to normal until mass immunization is well underway. Mm. There you go. That's it. And Paris is still losing, folks still losing their heads when a teacher got his head cut off outside um, a school, I guess. Because he showed Prophet Muhammad, he says it was a cartoon. Against, why did they do this, so, eh? Why did they do this when they know the dangers of all? So there's a jihadi thought to be wearing a bomb vest had been shot dead by cops near Paris after allegedly burying a teacher outside the school. I think the, the guy, this this jihadist was born in Chechnya or probably Russia. He's a Chechen born in Russia, I think. That's what it was. Again, it's just another kind of new normal, eh? And um, I'll put these articles up. Another one, too, from the partners of um, this article here. Profusa, rich history of scientific accomplishments that have been recognized through the awards of grants and support for missionaries. Deliver on grants. So we pay for everything, don't we? And it says, um, academic and hospital collaborators actively collaborating with established institutions, uh, universities and hospitals to develop and advance the science behind Profusa. 
and to give your industry collaborators for the vision of the future, yada, yada, yada. And their investors, they're all behind them about this. So it's interesting to get more electronics and um, surveillance and all that stuff. And, you know, for your own good, for goodness sakes, eh? You're so suspicious, you paranoid people. A very interesting article, I should really just maybe... Uh, I'll give a couple of, a couple of more articles from Profusa to, just to back up what you said there. But um, I may keep some art, other articles for never next week because there's a lot here, actually. And it's, I've been on, on for a long time already, and um, I've got to render this long talk at the end of it. But remember, too, again, send a few bucks my way, cuttingthroughthematrix.com website, cash, PayPal, checks are fine, uh, international postal orders you can get, and they've got to call them international postal orders to send to Canada, if you can get them. The States doesn't use them anymore, but some parts of Europe still does, I think, and elsewhere. And you can even get a little bank check if you, if you can't get any other thing. As long as it's money in some kind of other, you can send it to me and I'll keep you ticking along as we go through these dark, dark times, obviously. And they are dark, aren't they? So you've got to remember that, that ultimately, this is an agenda. Uh, facts won't really matter. And they're going to get harder and harder and more nasty as they turn the goon squads on you, the, the black-clad characters that started off in the 90s. And the whole world adopted the same outfits and uniforms, and suddenly your police were wearing combat gear and, uh, and like military uh, night operatives. Uh, soldiers, special forces, and of course they look—they strut around now, looking like that too, don't they? Uh, ready for combat with with a, a whole bunch of pockets on them. So this is your police. Suppose they're still called your police. They should, that shouldn't be called police anymore. Police were r r approachable, serving the community. Uniforms like that are meant for occupying forces, who use deadly force frequently. <laughs> and we've got to remember that. And for those, too, who are criticizing everything that's happening inside, uh, you know darn well that the revolutions underway are, are led by the same characters at the very top. You don't get revolutions on the go during, during a, 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 an epidemic. You don't let the, the demonstrations, as you want to call it, with their burning places happen. And no one gets arrested for not social distancing. But you'll see lots of YouTubes where cops gang up on some woman or other for not wearing a mask and beating her up. Something's very, very wrong. And you shouldn't stand for it. You can't stand for it. You've got to say, this is enough. Because it's not going to end here. They've already said in their articles, the electronic ones, the electronic monitoring, if you get the shot, it's going to take years of monitoring you which means you've got to have something which identifies you electronically, wherever you go. And if you don't have a cell phone, they're going to give you the bracelets, where you accept the vaccine or not. You get in the picture. It is the fourth industrial revolution. As Mr. The Slob Schwab talked about. Someone I didn't vote for either. We're run by tyrants, which have nothing to do with democracy. 
So you remember, you're in through terrible times, have small groups of people that you can depend on, think for yourselves, don't wait for government to help you on anything. As times get worse and harder and so on. And have a few friends, at least they'll stand by each other. You've got to have it. Because they plan years of hell here. Years. And you've got to help each other out. Don't, don't wait for government to do anything for you. And actually, you, there's folk now terrified in places like Canada to even end up in the hospital with its euthanasia policies and its bioethics committees. I'll let that one die. They're older and we'll save that one over there. We'll give them the, the medication that will save them. That's, the, the medical system here has lost all credibility because of this, their policies and bioethics. So send a few bucks my way, help me take along, so I can keep putting the word out. Because lots of folk use my material, and the word spreads. It spreads and spreads, even if they don't mention me. <laughs> you can tell where it's coming from by the... They'll, they'll often use the same terminology that uh, I use, and and etc., etc. And I put out... I do all the work for them, you know, and find articles, and so on. So look after me, and I'll try and look after you as best I can, as we go through hell. And remember that evil doesn't have to triumph. Complacency is the old story that that evil, you know, it can only triumph if good people do nothing. And uh, you have to start start <laughs> standing up for yourself and say, no, that's enough. Kind of like network. I'm a human being, he says. I'm not going to take it anymore. And you've got to start doing that. Because they're not going to stop with this agenda. And it isn't, the COVID is just the excuse for the whole electronic prison. As I've said before, the trick of the elect is electric. For myself, I'm Walt from Ontario, Canada, where winter is really coming on here. It's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>